50 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. The White House is not refuting a report that President Trump wants to pay for his border wall through massive military budget. Uh, The Washington Post says Trump is selling it to lawmakers as a national security issue. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders would only say yesterday the discussions about the wall are ongoing. She stepped around questions about why Mexico is not paying for the wall. Of course, during the uh, 2016 presidential campaign, Trump repeatedly promised supporters Mexico would foot the bill. Crews in Kilbuck Township are continuing to keep a close eye out for possible landslides. All the rain this week still has some concern a month after five homes were evacuated because of a slide. The land on Old Camp Horn Road is stable but still closed for safety precautions. Dance Mom star Abby Lee Miller is being transferred to a halfway house to finish out her last few months in prison. The former Pittsburgh dance instructor turned reality TV star is now at the Residential Reentry Center in Long Beach after leaving the Victorville Federal Correctional Institution, according to TMZ. She's serving a year in prison on 20 counts of fraud after hiding $755,000 in income from the government. She is expected to be released on May 25th. You have to go to a half halfway house for tax evasion i guess as you transition back into real <laughs> they life they want to make sure that you can fill out your w9 in a <laughs> responsible manner next right. time <laughs> Dumb criminals must supply endless sources of entertainment to police. They didn't have much trouble uh, nailing a bad guy in New Jersey after he left two court summonses in the car he had broken into. Police were (laughs) called and the officer recognized the name of 32-year-old Anthony Burks on the summons found between the seats in the car. Moments later, the officer spotted Burks, who apologized and offered to return the two phone chargers and 10 sweatshirts he had stolen. He also turned over a tablet he came uh, claimed to have found. That man does have a criminal record dating back 14 years. So let's talk about our tinkling habits. What? Uh, have you ever used a handicap stall? Yes. Oh, yeah. 77% of those surveyed say they have done that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it if you are in a bathroom and there's like... Uh, Two stalls. One of them is totally disgusting, and the other one's the handicap stall. And you're like, "Well, there's nobody in here." But if there's a handicapped person in there, they should get it. Obviously, <laughs> oh, yes. But there's no denying that it's a better, it's a better scenario practically all around. Sometimes oh. they have their own little sink in there. Oh yeah, yeah. You, you get complete. Uh, it's like your own little uh, uh, powder room. Occasionally in an airport, like if you if you have a carry on. Yeah, like, you can. It's like a little Ruby. apartment, real quick. <laughs> yeah, you know. Now this survey is only asking places where you peed as an adult, so don't count this as a kid. Outdoors in a rural area. Uh, just rural? Sure. Well, <laughs> two parts. Sixty-eight percent said rural. Outside in an urban area, like an alley. Twenty-nine percent have done that. Twenty-nine percent. Which, if you go to the south side, it's probably more like eighty percent. Yeah. Yeah, or Market sure. Square on St. Patrick's Day. I feel like if you haven't urinated somewhere that society frowns upon, you're really limiting your experience as a man. <laughs> it's really one of the few freeing moments uh, that, that you can have. I think. Also, to pee off something. Peeing off of something is like fantastic. Like a balcony or a boat. A balcony? A, oh, my God, yeah. Did you go to college? Yeah. Guys peed off balconies all the time. I lived in like, Penn Towers. Like, There'd be times where oh. you'd, it, it was like... <laughs> 
I don't think they had balconies <laughs> at Clarion. At Penn State, there was like, yeah, many buildings with balconies where there were people, if, you know, it was late enough, there were people peeing on several floors. Oh, good Lord. My it, wife, the... I'll share something. Never mind. No. Oh, she, uh, no, this, she might not appreciate no, it. No, this, I mean, this my is, friend this is not Esther. her as the subject of the story. This is her as the object of, of a story. I'll tell you off air. It's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when in doubt, leave it Way out. Way to pull the brakes on that one. Uh, 54% have peed in the shower. Oh, my God. I pee in the shower all the time. I, oh, my God. Uh, there might be people doing it right now. I, listening. Ninety nine percent of people pee in the shower. Yes, I would say a hundred percent of guys. Ta- okay, I was going to say, are you talking about men or people in general? A hundred percent of guys. A hundred percent regularly. Guys. Yeah, it's really not that big a deal. I mean, it's oh all pipes, like yeah. George Costanza said. Yeah, that's right. But they don't pee. What you don't do is pee in a public shower, like if you're in the Y or the <laughs> right. gym, right? Like with many other oh, people. Thank God. Like you don't I never understood in. how people could even, like, how could you ferret out who's peeing in the shower? You got to be pretty vigilant, if you know what I mean, ch- checking <laughs> in the, uh, to see what's going on. Plus, it, like, kills athletes' foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you but, not think see, your husband pees in the shower? He better not. He pees every single time in the shower. <laughs> probably probably exclusively. <laughs> in you fact, know, I would say that most men, when you get into like a hotel shower or someone else's shower, have to really fight the urge not to do it. It's like so conditioned, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Is this men who live with women? Yes. Sure. Wow, you understand, gone. it gets washed right down with, with like, there's worse things coming off you. Really? Well, maybe not. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> there could be, yeah. What are you doing? There's, you know, dander. Yeah, dander. <laughs> most mostly man man dander man Mander. dander yeah mander bucket residue uh oh my god 48 percent have peed in the ocean that's a which, lot that's if you've been in the ocean you've peed in the ocean what's the option walked 17 minutes right. back to your condo i had to force myself to do it once you told me that like i it took me about 15 minutes i agree it is strange and some i don't know why but it, you feel like everyone at the beach knows what you're doing you're just, like <laughs> as you're walking in you're just like looking around you're like oh i'm just gonna go in for a little dip just get my knees wet you can tell when a guy's doing it because he's doing this really weird slow <laughs> little doggy paddle back swirl yeah <laughs> dilute it right get rid of it and the only reason I did it is because I think you guys were like, how have you never peed in the ocean? And you're like, I got to try this new craze the kids are all doing. Thirty per, uh, 38% have gone in a public bathroom for the opposite sex. Uh, I don't know that I've ever actually, I've walked no. into. By accident. Oh, like, I don't know why, but I guess I'm looking at my shoes every time <laughs> and I just assume all men's bathrooms are on the left. And I guess the Charlotte airport doesn't abide by my uh, bathroom codes. <laughs> Last year, I went skiing in upstate New York, up in uh, Holiday Valley, you know, outside of like Buffalo, mm-hmm. and, like an hour from Erie, and um, I went with three friends from Pittsburgh, and I was with a couple of girls who were they were kind of like dolled up a little bit for some like, and then not even dolled up, they looked like they were from the city, and <laughs> we pulled off and decided let's take all the side roads for the last you know, hour and let's stop and get a beer and lunch at some place. Let's stop just and check leisurely it. nice. Let's just check out a couple take places a, take a drive along the way. And uh so we walk into one of them and it's like country bar. 
You know what I mean? It's like one of those it's side a honky like small, not, not a country, a, a small town. Yeah, I don't mean like out of the uh, way bar, a honky tonk. So much as yeah, that thing. So we walk in, and everyone kind of turns their heads, and the girl, one of the girls, like very glamorous looking, and everyone, everyone's kind of looking at us like, who are these idiots? <laughs> Coming in here. Looked like we might have been wanting to buy the place or something yeah. as far as they were concerned. Is you know, it's the kind of place that or you had, saw it on like a Zagat's guide yeah. or something. <laughs> it had a lot of handwritten notes taped on the wall kind of place, you know. Perfectly fine. It was great. So we're like, oh, let's get a beer. Just you looked out of place. But I walked in and I'm like, I gotta go to the bathroom. And I walked right into the girls' room <laughs> and I didn't realize it. I thought I went into the guys' room and I went into the girls' room. Did you complete the project? I just peed. And then I came back out, and my friends were, like, bent over, like, trying not to full bust out scream laugh. And everybody else in the place wanted to murder him. Like me. <laughs> what, they think you were a perv? Yeah. And did they think you were, like, transgender? It's one of those city, yeah, they, city they pervs. Must, right. They, they had to think, like... Who's this guy coming in here with this fancy? There, that's a probably a transgender. He's <laughs> probably installing a GoPro right under the pooper. And so that I definitely have gone in by mistake. Or there have been a time. I, I know there's been a time where I've been somewhere where someone's like, just just use the ladies' room. The men's room line was too long. No, like for whatever reason. I feel like I've been in an office building where they've said that to me before. Like someone's been like, just use the ladies' room. <laughs> but if you ever have walked into the wrong restroom, like it's it's weird that your brain does this calculation where instead of thinking I'm in the wrong bathroom, you think, man, this men's room doesn't have any urinals. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what's well, up with that? Then when the they don't always have urinals. Really? Yeah. Hmm. They don't. Twenty-two percent have peed in the tub. Mm, yeah, mm, that's. That's, that's you're swimming in it. That's a bit much. Yeah. Uh, in a bottle, overall, it's 21%, but it splits to 37% of men and 6% of women have peed in a bottle. That is tricky. Accuracy. That is, uh, it's impressive is what that is. 20% have peed in a pool. Mm-mm. I bet it's no, way higher. No. That's, I dro- Anything no, where I it's it, it's reasonably confined is not okay. Bathtub, pool, <laughs> ocean is not reasonably confined. In the sink in your own home, mm. 12% <laughs> of men have 5% of women. In somebody else's sink, 10%, but it's 17% of men and 4% of women. <laughs> I mean, I guarantee you in college I did somewhere some at some point for some reason. But like... You're an animal when you're in college. Yeah. The bathroom Especially situation guys. was never great really anywhere because like I I lived in a one bedroom apartment with two other guys. So the bathroom there was basically like a fart sponge. <laughs> it was just everywhere it was just ringing out. So even when you went out like Randy remember the shandy gaff? Oh yeah. They should have just put a drain in the middle of the floor and just allowed everyone to just pee freely on everything cuz that's ended up where it ended up going. You'd walk in and your shoes would be wet afterwards. It was disgusting. Yeah. Was the gaff did you go downstairs or was you that went the upstairs. Oh, you yeah. went upstairs? Yeah. Okay. I was only at state college once and I was really drunk. I had so many friends with gross apartments and bathrooms in Penn State. There were people I would not like I'm just not going over there. Like sticky floors, stuff like that. Like a come frat on house. 
No, like an apartment. Worse? Uh, no, I'm saying like oh. the frat house. Almost every gross, frat house. But they kind of had indentured servants working for them cleaning up. We just, we had nothing Nobody. but our own motivation. Like the only time anybody ever cleaned up is if someone's mom was dropping <laughs> off like frozen food or something like that. Right. You'd, you'd Here's Swiffer, some pizzas. You'd Swiffer the kitchen real quick just to make sure it's not disgusting. Oh my. Yeah. Fr- fraternity houses were pretty clean actually. And as weird as that sounds, after a party, they were cleaned. Uh, Twisted Sister frontman Dee Snyder is set to make his return to Broadway as guest vocalist in the show Rocktopia. I talked about the show last week. Um, Robin Zander is going to be participating from Cheap Trick. Snyder will front the show for the fourth week of its limited engagement, April 9th through the 15th at the Broadway Theater. Rocktopia features the songs of some of the biggest names in rock, including Zeppelin, U2, The Who, and Journey, performed by a five-piece band, a 30-person choir, and a 20-piece orchestra. That sounds like a cool show. Yeah. Uh, tickets uh, for the show, which opened last night, are on sale now if you're interested in checking it out and making a little trip to New York. Rainy today, upper 50s for the high. It is 38 at DVE. It is the DVE morning show, and Mr. Wednesday, Jeff Conkle, is hanging out with us here. At his touch, yeah, he's shaking his touch. Yes. What he might say. Oh, boy, this uh, is uh, very appropriate music on a day like today. It looks like the hounds of the Baskervilles out there or something. It's brutal, man. Yes, you're looking for Mr. Wednesday. Well, you found Mr. Wednesday. He's here right now. And uh, how are you, man? Good. Yeah. I was a little rough uh, sleeping last night. As you know, I have a uh, six-month-old. And it's, I've usually ha- I, I, we have big babies, so they usually sleep pretty well. But I'm pretty sure the f- last night on my ninth time getting up to put the pacifier back in, I called my <laughs> youngest son a rat bastard. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> I was like as soon as your head touches the pillow and that whining goes back on, you're like, ugh. So, wait, oh, big my. babies sleep better? Big babies just sleep better for some reason. Uh, they're content or something. I don't know. They're just like sacks of wet cement. Yeah, basically. Going, I think I think it's just, yeah, they're so weighed down. Maybe they're more comfy in the bed. They can get a little groove going in that crib or something. I don't yeah. know. I believe he's six months already. I know. That makes sense to me. Did you? Uh, did either of you watch Roseanne? Yes. What did you think? I loved it. I heard it was great. I thought I it was hilarious. Uh, I, I never watched Roseanne when I first like when it first made its run. Mm-hmm. But I love her, her humor. I love that she's like she delivers stuff kind of completely serious in that character. Although it's weird because you can tell she's joking, but she delivers it serious. I like the fact that it's filmed in front of a live studio audience because they can actually like deliver a React. line and let a laugh sit and everything like that. Yeah. The only criticism I had thought is that they packed a lot in. To the first episode, like, and I guess they're just trying to tee up storylines, so why not pack all the premises in? But it's like, okay, so DJ's a a a veteran with a, a adopted daughter or or, or a daughter from a marriage that stepdaughter. we we don't stepdaughter maybe. Becky's getting a, a artificial insemination is going to be a surrogate. In which like, Becky is the Be- the both Beckys are in it, but one of them is is not Becky. The first Becky was uh, Becky, and then the, okay. the replacement Becky is this woman who's trying to get the real Becky to be her surrogate, Sarah Chalk. Yeah, I love from her. Scrubs. Yeah, uh, but I I thought it was hilarious. You could just tell the warmth was like right back. Like it was it was like the Connor family was completely resurrected. That's awesome. I uh, I guess Dan the way they justified his being back from the dead 
um, is, uh, well, I guess maybe you can tell me better than this. She said, I thought you were dead when she wakes up in bed one morning. Yeah. Well, so... The so it's end, all a dream? Well, the end of Roseanne, and I didn't watch it, but this is my understanding, is that the like final episode of Roseanne had was like a very Dallas-type thing where Dan has a heart attack, all this kind of stuff, and then the final scene is her closing a book on a manuscript she was writing. So basically everything that you had seen up to that point was Rose, right. the, the real Roseanne writing her fa- family's story and embellishing, I guess, a little oh, bit or something okay. like that. So that's how they got around it. And they addressed that in the first episode. Uh, yeah, this would have sold like hotcakes if you only hadn't killed off the most interesting character. He was a gentle giant. All right. Uh, I haven't seen it. I'm looking forward to it. It got rave reviews. I watched the Gary Shandling special on uh, HBO. Well, it was a documentary, oh, two-part yeah. documentary on Monday, and then last night was part two. Uh, four and a half hours total. That's how long it is? Oh, that's because it's a Judd Apatow thing. Everything he makes is four and a half hours. Yeah, part one is two hours. Part two is like two hours to 20 minutes. Um, but it's very well done, and it definitely... I don't think you have to be a huge fan of Gary Shandling to like it. It helps. Uh, I also think if you're a huge fan of Gary Shandling, it will take some of the luster off of uh, genius. Really? Because, like, he was as great as he could be to people. He was also, if you told him his hair didn't look good, you might be cut out. You know what I mean? And once it got to a certain point, not that extreme, but it kind of felt like it. Like, they all talked about, like, oh, you didn't want to get into that position like you know he belittled so many of his writers and he, he wow fired them non-stop because it was never good enough uh, and he was pushing them to this impossible pace and the whole and i'm not giving away anything here because you know john apatow has talked about this a million times basically the impetus for everything he ever did was when he was a kid he had a 13 year old brother who died from cystic fibrosis yeah and his mom uh thinking she was doing like you know the right thing didn't let him go to the funeral they didn't uh, directly no. address the fact that the kid died to Gary like they didn't talk he overheard his dad in the hallway say we lost him that's that's all he ever knew did the kid not live at home the yeah no they were him? very close there's tons and tons of video footage of that and uh, of uh, like films you know home movies and stuff but the one thing is he kept meticulous journals, and I mean volumes throughout his whole life. So the entire four and a half hours, you are constantly seeing written transcripts, entries. little entries into his journal and diary, and they are very revealing, which just uh, when I saw that, I thought, Boy, am I glad I never kept a diary or a <laughs> Dude, journal. I always think that when they have like a presidential diary, and I'm like, well, who author, you know, who authorized you to be leafing through that thing? That's a very like uh, Wayne from Wonder Years type of thing to do. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I'm going to take your diary and publish it so that everybody knows <laughs> every single one of your deepest thoughts. Yeah, it's it's too much. I'm like thinking I shouldn't know this much about Gary Shandling. Well, I, did you even like the Larry Sanders show? I loved it. I was a huge, See, like, huge I feel fan. like Larry Sanders show for me was, I guess, kind of like, it's hard to explain, but it's like the Goonies. Like, I never saw the Goonies, but then everyone always told me how great the Goonies was. And then when I watched the Goonies, I was like, eh. And so I feel the yeah. same way with, like, everyone's like, this is a revolutionary show. And it, 
it it parodied late night in, in a way that had never been done before. And then I watched it and I was like, I mean, this is, I didn't even think it was funny, like, at all. I didn't think yeah. there was very many jokes or anything like that. I like the characters. Like, Jeffrey Tambor was hilarious in it. But. Oh, man. Rip Torn was incredible in that show. I mean, it is really, really funny. I mean, he does a good job of sending up his own sort of ego and neurosis, I think. But, uh, yeah, no, I was a huge, huge fan of that. And that. And the list of guest stars on that oh, show. Oh, yeah, like Dana Carvey was on oh, it. Oh, million. Yeah. yeah, Dana Carvey's imitating him on that show. Right. Because he saw Dana Carvey in real life pissing him off. On Saturday Night Live, he did a, a Gary Shandling impersonation. It was really mean. He got mad. So he's like <laughs> very Buddha. And he's like, well, I need to go. I need to address this head on. Right. And like, I'll have him on the show making fun of me. But uh, yeah, if you're not a Gary Shandling fan, you won't like it. But if you're a comedy fan, uh, I think it's like must see. And if you ever work in the creative arts at all, and you have to work with other people creatively, it's a great watch. Yeah. Because it reminds you of certain things and uh, how you need to play nice, basically. Well, it's funny because even though like I don't think he's funny, the fact that so many people that I do like and think are funny think he's funny means that I think I'm missing something. So I'm, I'm going to definitely check that out. Like the fact that Seinfeld's like a huge fan of we're, his I mean, and they were like best Judd friends. Apatow and it like that's it, that makes me want to watch it. It's nonstop footage of him and Seinfeld taking walks. They He filmed everything. That's the other thing. And uh, Chris Rock and uh, Kevin Nealon, Bob Saget, uh, Dave Coulier, the, all those guys were yeah. like friends from the way back early days. But he basically went to the comedy store and just his story of like going from TV writer to, you know, being a guy who gave jokes when he was a kid to George Carlin and said, will you please read these? And Carlin said, come back the next night and I'll, you know, I'll tell you what I think. Yeah. And he drove two hours back to the comedy club and uh, Carlin said, there's something good on every page, but you're very green, but I would go for this if you're thinking about it. And That's so then he spent his whole uh, like career after he got famous trying to do that for other people. That's a that's a motif with comedians is that if you get uh, if you get encouraged by someone you respect early on, like that's enough little fuel to keep you going through the absolute abject embarrassment it takes to yeah. to get good. Uh, although sometimes they're just being nice to you because they don't want to talk to you anymore. Right. That is also true. <laughs> yeah, and great. it might send you spiraling down a path you had no business being on in the first <laughs> place. Uh, when we come back, Mike's got sports for you. Pitt's got a new coach, and it's a hell of a hire. And uh, the Penguins' road woes continue. To get that furnace check now, sports. contact Southside Plumbing and Heating at SouthsidePLUMB.com. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuit has got your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Sports is brought to you by Xfinity X1. Uh, the Penguins at least got off to a good start last night against the Red Wings at the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. Larkins pass back to the point, picked off by Gensel. He made a step on Hicketts down the left wing. Gensel over the Red Wing line. Cross ice for Crosby with a shot. He scores! Right circle, Sidney Crosby beats Howard up high. And the Penguins strike 38 seconds into this one. It's 1-0 Pittsburgh. Yeah, unfortunately, that was maybe the highlight for the Penguins. The Red Wings tied it late in the first. Uh, broke the 1-1 tie with two goals 41 seconds apart in the second period and kept it coming in the third. And now Helm able to get it back to the point for DeKaiser. Cross ice for Hicketts to the near corner for Larkin. Centering pass has a man. Helm scores. Darren Helm from the far circle beats Matt Murray, and it's 4-1 Detroit here in the third. Yeah, the Penguins pulled Matt Murray with uh, a couple of minutes remaining facing that 4-1 deficit, and it didn't quite have the uh, desired intent. 
Crosby on the take this draw to Jimmy Howard's left. It is won by the wings, but Hornquist all over Detroit as the puck goes below the goal line to the far corner. Justin Schultz in there as well. Poked up the far wall, kept in by Latang. Right to Glendening, who fires one towards the empty net and scores. From about 170 feet, Luke Glendening. Empty net goal, 5-2 Detroit. Yeah, they got one with Murray out to make it 4-2, and then they kind of threatened and looked like maybe they are going to get another one with about a minute and a half left, but uh, no, it didn't work out that way. Penguins uh, lost 5-2 to to a really bad team last night that has been struggling mightily. Well, there was nobody there, too. Yeah, it's because the Red Wings stink. Wow, what happened to them? They uh, stink. (laughs) Yeah, but the uh, Stanley Cup champs are in town, you know? Yeah, it's not really hockey town if you're not honoring that. Honoring the victor, you know. Probably they didn't market this well enough. Come see the Penguins and then the Pirates. <laughs> I want to blame that on the Pirates. Possibly. Because neither the Pirates nor the Parrot were at Little Caesars Arena last night. <laughs> nor, Yeah, they had room for 20,000 more yeah. Parrots. That's just going to be my thing. Neither I nor the Parrot? Until I get tired of it. Yeah, I'm going to work nor the Parrot into about <laughs> every conceivable phrase I utter. I, yeah, well, they start there tomorrow, and I'm yeah. guessing the weather may not jive with them if they got anything like we're supposed to be getting. Did I mention that Detroit blocked 25 shots last night? Wow. That's well, a, it's a young team with a bunch of guys who are trying to prove themselves because they've gotten rid of a lot of the recognizable guys, and they're still playing hard. I don't say the Penguins didn't play hard, but they did not play harder than the Red Wings. That was apparent. I'm trying to decide if right now we hitting this slump is a good thing or a bad thing. I feel like it's kind of okay to work some of the bugs out before it's crunch time, but it's a little too close to crunch time for my liking. Yeah, Mike Sullivan thinks it's a little too close to call in the playoff race. He, he would prefer they get uh, one of those X's, X's clinch yeah. postseason next to them before they start taking nights off. He was not happy. Uh, Carolina loses to the Devils 4-3. to three. Philadelphia gets a loser point and a 3-2 overtime loss to Dallas, and Columbus beats Edmonton 7-3. So it's the Caps with 97 points, Pittsburgh with 92, Columbus with 91, Philadelphia with 90, and Jersey with 88 in the Metropolitan Division. Florida is the uh, cutoff 85, uh, first team on the outside looking in. I don't think the playoffs are an issue, but... They aren't clinched yet. It's not inconceivable that something yeah. catastrophic might happen. They aren't clinched yet, and certainly you'd like to see them play uh, with a little more urgency than they did last night. Or would you? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. If they play crappy in the first round, we'll say they weren't urgent enough down the stretch. I don't know. They scored right away last night, and I just thought, oh, well, good. this will be a blowout. Yeah. As it probably should have been, because I think Detroit came in one twelve and one something like that. Detroit had played the night before and traveled. What? Uh, just, well, it was one of those games that was set up entirely in the Penguins' favor. They were in Detroit quicker than the Red Wings were. They were waiting for them <laughs> to come back from wherever they were. Maybe they had too much Little Caesars. <laughs> Maybe they went to that uh, Edmund Fitzgerald Museum that I was telling Potash about and became so enamored with the story that they couldn't come. That might have been it. Or the Penguins were doing their best impression of the Edmund Fitzgerald. And just going down. Yes. <laughs> At uh, Jersey Thursday night. Uh, rule change in the National Hockey League. And this is going to start tonight. I love the way the NHL does yeah. it. They just decide to change things in midstream. Uh, in terms of replay review 
for uh, goal, no goal, uh, based on goalie interference or no goalie interference. That is now going to be uh, decided by the Situation Room in Toronto instead of the on-ice officials. And uh, in Toronto, the Situation Room will include a former referee. And he'll talk with the on-ice officials. They'll, they'll talk it out, but Toronto's going to make the call. So they'll get that former referee. He'll, they'll put his dog over in the corner and make sure his cane's within reach and <laughs> make sure his, his black shades don't inhibit his ability to hold the phone, and he'll talk to the referee that's working the game. And they'll figure it out. That Too stuff. much, Mike. I mean, just, just change it tonight. Ah, yes, let's change it now. Middle of the se- like, not middle, but the season is still going on. Hockey wonders why people don't take it seriously. It's just regional. It'll always be regional, and that's it. If you don't have hockey in your town, you're not going to watch. Yes, they do stupid stuff like this. That's, this is not why, but this is really this is not what a big league does. You know, you, you agree on some rules and then you play them out the entirety of the season. And if they're not good, you change them afterward. Case in point, the NFL changing a couple rules. The catch rule. You don't like it? You think it sucks? Your voice has been heard. No more going to the ground element. It's out. Owners approve that 32 to nothing. These guys don't agree on anything 32 to nothing. They agreed on this. I honestly don't think... They had a problem with the old catch rule, except at the goal line. That's it. It should have. Ju- uh, it should just be dead at the goal line. I guarantee you, there's going to be some. There's going to be some wonky plays next year that where somebody fumbles the the ball on the ground, and everyone's going to say that wasn't a catch. Well, this is what I'm wondering. Uh, according to the story on NFL.com, uh, it says most also expect the new definition of a catch to result in an uptick in fumbles. Now, if if the reaching part, and I've not seen this explained uh, to any degree of clarity, if the reaching part constitutes the football act that makes it a catch, then if you lose the ball when your arm hits the ground, is that the ground causing a fumble, which it cannot do? Or is that a fumble? And I'm that, confused. Well, and would that explain why people think there's going to be an uptick in fumbles? We'll wait. We'll, we'll wait till it makes to the 12th district appellate court before uh, we yeah. get a ruling on that. As soon as the Patriots need a fumble or a non-fumble, yeah. they'll iron that up. Bigger deal, at least from my perspective, uh, the league approved broadening the helmet hit rule and will penalize players who lead with the crown of their helmets anywhere, any play, any situation. What do you feel about that? Long overdue. Yeah. Long overdue. Uh, NFL.com is saying don't call it the Ryan Shazier rule. Uh, my response would be, why shouldn't I? Uh, yeah, you should. Now, the uh, the unclear part of this is our running backs allowed to duck their head and initiate contact. God, I just think so much of that is second nature, and it's just weird to... That's going to be a hard one to, to enforce. Yeah. But they have to do it. That's where the injuries come from. And then what are you supposed to do as a linebacker? Just let somebody truck over you and hope you can grab his shoelaces on the way as he's towering Yeah, well, over I you? mean, you know, get in front of him and, and head to the side and wrap. Yeah. Um, I saw Vince Williams tweeting. He said linebackers are taught to hit running backs in the face. Um, I don't know if that's been done for a while. I know it used to be done that way. But figure it out, I guess, is the... I always thought it was like... Right in the solar plex, drive through, and I know you're supposed to hit him in the face. 
I never. That's what Vince says. Jeff Capel's the new basketball coach at Pitt. He's a really good recruiter because he worked at Duke. <laughs> really good recruiter. You really? I'm. I'm not. I'm not going to dump on this. Has nothing to do with the school he was recruiting for or the head coach he was recruiting for. It's all because Jeff Capel can really recruit. No, I. Not a bad hire. I'll give you a little perspective. Wait a minute. Hold on, man. You would have said Tom Bradley's a good recruiter. I mean, it's the same thing. Right? No, I don't think I it think is. it's different levels, but it's, it's the same. You're sort of right in the yeah. same. It's a prestigious program, but Duke is like the premier program, I would say. Right. I think, I, I, I'm not selling this one short. I, I want Pitt to have something nice. I think that they came out of this smelling like a rose. Oh, I, I think it's a legit guy. I mean, he's he is an assistant at a top-flight program. Uh, working for maybe the greatest coach of all time. Mm -hmm. He's been a head coach at Oklahoma and at VCU. But here's uh, Louisville, which is in Pitt's league, Pitt's conference, the ACC. Louisville goes looking for a new coach and plucks Chris Mack out of Xavier. Xavier was uh, number one seed this year. Chris Mack uh, has been a head coach at Xavier for the last nine years. Xavier's been one of the better programs in the country for the last nine years. So that's uh, kind of the the what they uh, what they have to drop from the checkbook on this on this fella, who a pit? Yeah, they I, have to make that offer pretty enticing. I I'd don't imagine. know. I would assume it was three plus because that's what uh, was being kicked around for. Uh, who was the guy that we're talking to? Sean Miller or uh, no uh, D Hurley? Danny Hurley? Yes, Hurley from Rhode Island. He didn't want it. I'm happy for, for Pitt fans, and I'm happy for the school. I hope this turns out to be a good oh, thing. Oh, it's not Joe Blow off the street. I no, mean, I think it's, it's it, a legit hire. But, considering where they were reported yeah. to be and who they ended up with, it's uh, night and day. They didn't go from Sean Miller at Arizona to John Miller at Blackhawk High School. Right, <laughs> right. To take the gig. Uh, Pirates and Phillies tied 5-5 in the final spring training game. Josh Bell had a three-run homer off Jake Arrieta. I'm also going to decide to be excited about the Pirates. Good luck really? with that. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait for that. That's Neither I nor the Parrot <laughs> will demonstrate any visible excitement until circumstances. Val, I'm just going to go the other way on it. So when they're sucking, Hardcore. I'm going to be the biggest fan. And when they do well, I'm going to remind everyone that it doesn't matter. I'm going to be one of those people. Um, a contrarian, if you if you will. Ugh. Steigerwaldian. <laughs> Val's got news top of the hour what do you got um, so you know a lot of people have the step trackers that they wear yeah. what, what if there was a mouth tracker mouth tracker yes we'll talk about it coming up oh boy <laughs> maybe Stormy Daniels was wearing one <laughs> <laughs> it's the DVE morning show at Mr. Wednesday Jeff Conkle hanging out with us Mike Pursuta Val Porter Bill's on vacation Bill's out uh, west I believe with his family which is, this is, I'm telling you what. Neither Bill Although, nor the parrot will be on the show today. No, that's true. Yeah, Val? No, I, I don't know if it was, was through the week, but I know last late last week, California was supposed to get some bad rainstorms. <laughs> I told him that when he was telling me his vacation plans, and I just clicked on a story about the storms in Southern California, and I was like, oh, so it's here, Bill. It's going to be pretty bad out there until like Thursday or Friday, but then you should be good. And he just drops his pen. He's like, oh, great. Awesome. Once in a lifetime opportunity. Take your family out west. He's going to piss all over us. Awesome. <laughs> great. He's going to get a raft and ride the mudslides down the Burbank cliffs. <laughs> well, I'm, I mean, what a this is big dad 
points for Bill. I mean, this is this is huge. I can't imagine how cool it is for those girls to be able to do that. And if you know Bill and you know his story, the fact that right now he's taking his family across country, it's one of the coolest things in the world. I couldn't be happier for him. The the level of patience that needs to happen from all adult parties anytime there's kids involved in a vacation is uh, magnificent. The, The fact that you really start to appreciate the fact that anyone took you as on vacation as a kid when you have to do it. Oh, yeah. Um, I want to, oh, my parent, it was insane. I mean, we had like two or three destinations, Virginia Beach being one of them, and uh, Orlando was another one that we did three times, and it was always in a camper. My dad would like rent a, a Winnebago from like his bookie. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not kidding. It would be a different one all the time, and it would be gross, and we did all the, you know, going to motels and smuggling all the kids into one room right. thing, and I slept on like fold-up chase lounge chairs and things like that you know you're an ottoman yes it was part of the fun and uh also a trauma of my childhood but um you know last night a friend of mine stopped over he's helping me out with something and i'm like do you want a beer and he's like yeah i'm like all right let me grab you one i just usually have beers in the fridge so i reach in the fridge and there's like 15 beers clogging up my fridge but now I realize what I'm doing. There's so many beers in there, but nobody wants to drink any of these beers because these beers are the beers on the end of the variety pack yep. that everybody likes to, to bring over yep. or, or you, you, you buy that are the dumbest beers on the face of the earth that nobody wants to drink ever. They are like overly fancy, stupid concoctions that exist for no other reason than to give some sort of, <laughs> uh, you know, a... a Brewmeister somewhere, uh, his jollies. I have been trying to pawn off like an apple birch cider on like 19 different people that come over oh, my bring house. bring it in. I'll, I'll drink it. Val's a cider drink. I love hard cider. Well, I will bring it in because you'll be doing me a favor. <laughs> I'll take that off your hands, Jeff Gondol. Do you want any old Alfredo also on this while we're, <laughs> cleaning, it, sauce, while we're sure. cleaning it out? But it just drives me crazy that there's all these beers in there now, and I, you feel obligated to drink them, but they're not delicious. Like the one Brooklyn Brewery, I think it is, has one that is... They're usually pretty good. I like Brooklyn Brewery, but they have one that's like a sriracha beer. Mm. That's too much. I don't need like tons of spicy stuff in my beer. I like to just have the beer to be the beer, and I'll eat the spicy thing. I just saw something on on uh, Instagram or something like that there, where the new trend is glitter beer. It's like beer that people pour glitter in, and I don't know what the point of that, that is other than to make your poop look like a unicorn's poop. <laughs> like I don't know what the point of that is. <laughs> we just need to get back to when beers were beers. And I like the craft brew thing. Let me tell you something. I'm not that old school where I'm like, no, I want a million. But I was drinking Bud Lights last Friday, and they were delicious. And I'm like, okay, not every one of these is 10% alcohol. They don't all taste like I'm drinking a vat of caramel. Ready? Here's my impression of me walking into one of these new craft beer places. Hi, what do you have that tastes kind of like a yingling? Can I pay $13 (laughs) for that? Thanks. (laughs) <laughs> I have centered in on what I like, and now it's just trying to pay more for something that I don't like. But I, I want to be clear. The, the main sort of bank of craft beers in any local brewery, I'm generally all right with. You know, like I like going to Full Pine a whole lot. I love that brewery. 
Uh, and it's just really cool what they're doing over there. And the beers are delicious. Their amber ale is like really good. And that's kind of like where I like to to live, you know, right around the, uh, like you said, like yeah, in a mini, yeah. like lagerish kind of thing. Two standard deviations from a yingling. Right. That's what you like. And, you know, they got like the heavy IPAs and stuff for people who like to have the, the hoppier and whatnot. And they've got some delicious variations. All right. And I ain't trying to kill anybody's buzz. But when you start putting tons of sugar and blackberry flavors and uh you know oh hey this tastes like cocoa puffs it's, I, I don't want that man yeah this and i don't think anybody does because my fridge is full of that crap right that's what every time i invite my friends over i'm like hey would you like a uh a, 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 a irish stout they're like no can i just have a miller light please like there's no <laughs> you, you, there's no good sales pitch for those <laughs> every time somebody drinks one of them i'm like yes I get so excited when someone's like, oh, I'll take one of those. I feel like they just jumped on a grenade for me. (laughs) You know what I realized, too, is that every party I've ever had, I buy tons of hard alcohol. I guess it's just back to my college inventory days. I am sitting on like a case of gin, vermouth. Like, when is is that ever going to go away? bourbon. Yeah. Same at our house. I think with when you're an adult, you start to recall the horrible experiences you've had with certain liquors, and then you just you have no taste for them. Like you could sit a rum and coke down on me, and I would just remember that one time junior year <laughs> that I took it a little too far. And me and Captain Morgan had some personal disagreements, and yeah. it just it never we never repaired that relationship. Gin for me uh, uh, reminds me of going to a football camp at Kent State, and the cops ended up there. State cops ended up in the dorm that night. Anybody uh, get shot? No, uh, no, it wasn't uh, an Ohio situation. Neil Young didn't write any songs about this uh, uh, evening, but it was like a fire. Uh, alarm pole situation, <laughs> fire extinguisher got set off because of gin. Done with gin because of that. Penn State put me off Jim Beam. I-, I can't drink Jim Beam anymore. My buddy, like, you know, in high school, you'll just take anything that comes down the pike when oh, it yeah. comes to alcohol. Like, yes, you, you just, yes, I do. <laughs> just anything. My buddy got a hold of some of his parents' gin. It was just like, let's do shots of gin. And I watched him do one shot of gin, and then he threw up his oh. Wendy's right in front oh. of me. Shots of gin. So immediately I was like, I can't, I can't do that. Gin I can't is even a... smell Southern Comfort. Oh, yeah, boy. Because oh. of high school. That was a pretty heavy in the rotation for me. Oh, God. My uncle thing? used to drink Yukon Jack. Oh. My guys that I was friends with right after high school drank George Dickel. Oh, <laughs> which is like is it's like sounds Jack like somebody Daniels, you went to high school with. And then who did you say you drank? Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, Jim Beam, and probably something else. And then old granddad, yeah. old granddad, old crow. Oh yeah, the the whiskey that of choice in the Conkle household is black velvet. Oh, that's my aunt's favorite. It's the best. I don't. I don't like like people. Are like this is a twelve year scotch. I'm like, can you just get me something that comes in a plastic bottle, please? Because that's what I prefer. Yeah, I uh, I like Jameson, but my aunt drank BV and Cokes um, her entire life. BV. It's BV and Cokes, and she she used Ooh, to always yell, "Don't touch my Coke!" Like in the middle of the <laughs> afternoon, you know. Because the kids would be like, oh, there's a Coke oh, on the table. Let me have a sip of yeah, that. Yeah, after a while you learned you, know, you can't drink that one because it tastes terrible. Anyways, <laughs> I just, it's, I'm imploring local breweries and all microbreweries everywhere. Keep Those last three beers that you're putting in the 12 packs of the variety pack, that last idea you have, leave it on the editing room floor. Yeah. I can't get rid of these beers. You know, somebody's probably drinking it, though. 
Otherwise, they wouldn't be making it. Right. You're probably right. It's probably somebody doing a radio show a couple states from here saying, you know, if I could just get somebody to drink these first nine beers in my my 12-pack variety. Val's got your news next. We're going to talk about the most or the best sing-along car songs. Uh And we're also going to talk about (laughs) mouth trackers. Okay. Not step trackers. The old two-niner. Borky on the show a little bit later on this morning. It's 50 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Golden Oak Lending. The suspect who authorities believe sent potential bombs to the White House, CIA, FBI, and Virginia and Washington, D.C. military bases was charged with a federal crime yesterday. The 43-year-old Everett Washington man was arrested on Monday and appeared Tuesday afternoon in U.S. District Court in Seattle. He's been identified as Than Kong Fan and has a history of mental problems, according to an affidavit filed in federal court. FBI agent Donald J. Metcalf said the 11 packages that turned up Monday at various government buildings contained what looked like homemade bombs and typed letters with ramblings about neuropsychology, mind control, and other subjects, including terrorism. Uh, That is according to the FBI agent. Authorities in Washington County are accusing a 43-year-old man of ordering his 14-year-old daughter to sell pot for him. Kevin Mick is facing several charges, including drug delivery and endangering the welfare of children. After five kids between the ages of 7 and 14 ate the pot at a park in Burgettstown, his daughter pulled out bags of the marijuana from her book bag at the park and gave it to the kids. Police say Mick had wanted her to sell the weed for 150 bucks. More charges are expected. This is why I don't think they should make the edibles as, like, easy to eat as they do. Like, I think instead of making cookies and brownies and gummy bears and things like that, they should put them in beets. Yeah. <laughs> and they cauliflower. Should, yes. They should put them in things that kids definitely don't want to eat because I've got news for you. Stoners will eat anything to get that. <laughs> and then he, even the people, like for medicinal purposes, who take it, because edibles have actually, like, there's a lot of, you can drive a lot of pain-killing uh, benefits from eating it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you make it spinach, you know they're going to eat it. Yeah, yeah. Make, kids won't make a weed laced Werther's original. <laughs> no kid's going to eat that. <laughs> Did you really see? I've argued with Bill about this. I know that it's like the old person candy, the Werther's original. Like it's like butter rum. And typically, you yeah. see them like uh, in a funeral home on your way out. <laughs> but they're, I like them. Yeah, I don't think they're that bad. They're very smooth. You hate them. Ah, no, no, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't see how anyone could like them. Really? No. They're kind of caramely. I That's like them. Not, not a selling point. Val, you are a Werther's original, though. Like, <laughs> you are. You're the Werther's original no, of, of people. Good like, or bad. I, no, it's good. It's reliable. Classic. It's wholesome. It's classic. <laughs> it takes us back to a different time. Smooth. When, yes, when things were more controlled simple. and normal and simple. Yes, you are Werther's I'm original a personified. Piece of candy. Yeah. Uh, A woman authorities say faked a pregnancy to get a ride in an ambulance is facing a hefty fine. Police say 25-year-old Leanne Armstrong pretended to be having complications with a pregnancy in order to get a ride from Latrobe to a Greensburg hospital, which was very close to where she lives. When she was dropped off of the hospital, she took off before seeing a doctor. Medics were able to provide her name and address, where police then found her hiding in an attic. She admitted to not being pregnant and is facing $1,000 in fines uh you yeah uber works you don't you know yeah 
A sculpture of a nude President Trump is going to auction in New Jersey. Julian's auction says the statue depicting a naked Trump with a big old belly and yellow hair is expected to sell for twenty to $30,000. The statue is one of several by the artist collective In Decline that were displayed in four cities before the presidential election. The auction house said the statue is the only one remaining that has not been vandalized or destroyed. If anyone is complaining about free speech in this country, there's a great shining example right there. The fact that this that that a satirical naked statue of the current president is uh, being auctioned is a great paragon for for free speech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I look your freedom of speech and freedom from consequence from speech are two separate things. People want freedom of consequence, right? Those do not go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. You are free to say or do just about anything you want however there will be consequences you don't get to just say them and then everybody goes that was nice that was great thank you I'll i really take like that. that but the fact the great part is the fact that like a black van is not pulling up and you know uh giving a blanket party to these artists is what the america is all about that's great yes i agree uh, here's a sweet story. Speed dating turns 20 this year. The first ever was at a coffee shop in Beverly Hills back in 1998. And this might be one of the greatest speed dating stories ever. Renee Weiss and Miles Miller met at a speed dating event in Atlanta last October. It only took them four minutes to find out they totally clicked. Uh, after that, Miles called and asked Renee out for dinner. They met a few more times and now things are hot and heavy between the two. What makes it so special is that Renee is 88 and Miles is 92. Wow. Wow. So they probably have to speed date. Uh, not much time left. <laughs> the event was at a retirement home. Everyone was between 75 and 96. The couple go out to dinner. They talk on the phone twice a day, every day. They go to movies, and they just got back from a seven-day cruise through the Caribbean. I think that's great. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people always joke around about, like, oh, they have this, having old people sex and stuff like that. But, like, don't you think most of it is about companionship yes. and not really about... Hot, heavy romance. Yeah, because yeah. even if a guy that age pops a bunch of Viagra, it's not like he still has... The stamina. Or the the or maybe it never goes away. I don't know. But like or at some point, aren't you kind of like drive? Yeah, aren't you kind of like? Eh, I feel at some like point, there it is. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do yeah. with it. I feel like aren't you looking forward to the day when you don't care about that? At some point, like it's been plaguing <laughs> my existence all of my entire life. I can't wait till that uh, sh- shuts down a little bit. Well, that's why they always say uh, with with age comes wisdom because uh, <laughs> it stops dominating your every thought. The Gary Shaling documentary last night on uh, HBO, there's a clip of him on David Letterman's show, and uh, he, he talks about, he's like, you know, I don't use Viagra. Believe me, if you don't get a, uh, if you're not getting an erection, he's like, listen to it. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like every commercial I hear is all about, you know, do you have low T? Yeah, I'm 72. I'm supposed to draw down a little bit. I'm not supposed to be getting bar fights in the South Side when I'm 72 years old. You're not supposed to say "Come at me, bro" when you're when you've you know lived through the Kennedy assassination. But the other, th- but the other thing is the the HGH phenomenon that was happening, and apparently you were deriving similar sort of benefits from that. Is that your sexual drive was like through the roof? And they were uh, they interviewed those people on 60 Minutes about it, uh, and they. They're like in their 70s and they're like, oh, yeah, 
Feels like just like back when I was 20, and they're all like laughing. But the thing is, the HGH <laughs> made all their jaws Jowls. grow out like yeah. lanterns, and they all have blockheads, so it, it looks, looks like... weird. I mean, yeah, you're having sex with a rock'em, sock'em robot. <laughs> <laughs> That's what... No no one uh, asked the women if this is a great uh, great thing either. Right. You interview the wives, and they're like, oh, yeah, it's uh, great, great. I'm really thrilled, thrilled that I have to deal with this I now. Know, those poor women. But, uh, you know, in some ways, uh, it's beautiful that the 92 and 88-year-old uh, couple it is sweet. Can find love. They found companionship. Yeah, that's great. In the nursing home. Okay. An anti-porn advocacy group is succeeding in limiting shoppers' exposures to Cosmopolitan magazine in Walmart stores. The group announced yesterday Walmart has agreed to remove the women's fashion magazine from the checkout lines of 5,000 stores across the country where blinder wrappers had been placed over the covers. The executive director of the group, Don Hawkins, said the move is what real change looks like in our Me Too culture. Another official with the group described the magazine as containing graphic, often degrading and offensive material. The group says the magazine will be isolated to the magazine racks in the stores. Again, this is not the checkout. an infringement on freedom of... Uh, speech more uh just not freedom of consequence right i always thought that those cosmos were way too graphic to be put on a giant eagle rack you know when you're going through like oh man that's got to be if you're a mom and you got your kids in tow and that thing's just sticking out there (laughs) well plus it seems like it's the same magazine over over it's like they recycle the same topics it's like how to have sexual it's like it's it's basically Like how a 13-year-old would talk to another 13-year-old and be like, I like to have sex time with people and I'll give you some tips on how to do it good so people like your sex voice and time. Five ways to have mind-blowing orgasms. Yeah, you're, just, I, you're just trying to buy salad dressing with your, you know. Well, unless this is published in like the Journal of Popular Science, then I, I'm not going to believe anything that you're saying. Yeah, I stopped reading it a long time ago because all the art, like all the, you know, letter to Cosmo was like, I banged my college boyfriend <laughs> under the dining room table and his parents walked in. Right. I'm like, is I'm, this real yeah. life? I'm yeah. too old for that. No, right. Yeah, you're closer to being the parent that walked in on them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Fitbit and similar devices track how much you move, but what if you could wear something that tracked what you ate? Researchers say it's not far off. Uh, Researchers at Tufts University are experimenting with tooth-mounted sensors, like little microchips. They say they'll be able to track the food and calories that you consume without... Looking at the package, I, I guess. really want people to ask themselves if they really want to know this. I think sometimes people think they want to know. Yeah, no. If you track it, really, you would be shocked how much you eat. Like yesterday, I skipped lunch, and I went yang yang at dinner. I got <laughs> McDonald's. I had three pieces of birthday cake. Like I was just like, because I was like, I'm gonna make up my calorie deficiency. <laughs> Meanwhile, I think I got pre-diabetes just from my dinner last night. <laughs> Oh, finally, do you have songs that when you're in the car and they come on the radio, you just crank them up and roll down the windows and sing at the top of your lungs? Yeah. Probably. <laughs> I do. What is your song? Uh, it's a, you remember that Linkin Park song? I tried so hard yeah. and got so, I love that song. So a new poll, that's <laughs> that not in the top for me? 10 it's, it's just the angst of yeah, that. It was totally angsty. Uh, the top 10, according to uh, a new poll, number one. Oh, sorry. Give me some seconds. Oh, all right. here you go. Sorry. Is this the real life? 
Yeah. Is this just fantasy? See, now that's something I would be more apt to sing with a sing with a group, group. of people in the car. Not like yeah. Wayne's World, but I mean, like, I would do a sing-along more likely. Just like you laugh harder if somebody else is in the room when you're watching something. I would probably be more apt to sing along with something. Somebody to Just love that song or any song. Somebody to love from Queen is probably a more solo oh, boy, song, and then and then Bohemian Rhapsody is more a of group, a group setting. Group sing. Yeah. Number two on the list. They're Rock and Roll Hall of Famers this year. Oh yeah, man. I need the talk box. I remember when my two best friends in high school, we went to see Bon Jovi at Erie, Erie Ver- Veterans, Veterans Stadium. Yeah, yeah, and we just sang these songs the whole way back. How did you not? Yeah. Roll the window down. Legendary concert, yeah. by the way, Bon Jovi at Erie's Veterans Memorial Stadium, and I believe Kicks opened. Yeah, no, Keel. Keel, Ronnie Keel. Yes, Keel opened that show. That was when all those people had names that you didn't think could possibly be names. <laughs> And then you find out it was like Winger was actually a dude, Kip yeah, Winger. You're uh, like, oh, really? Keel, Ronnie Keel. And you're like, Kicks. He's like, yeah, Tom Kicks. Nice <laughs> to meet you. How are you? Hi, I'm Jeff Whitesnake. Eddie Van Halen. <laughs> That's what it was. Everybody used their last names. I'm Paul White Lion. <laughs> uh, number three on the list. Uh, no, no. No, way. you don't sing along to this one? Not, not. Not, this is only at like a football game if I'm insanely drunk because I, I, th- I think singing. it's lame because I think it's every school ha- plays this song at football games and every school thinks they're the only one that does it, which makes me hate it. I, I, <laughs> True. Red Sox been doing it for a long, long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Don't they play Dirty Water? Yes, they do at the end, the Standells. Yeah. Yeah. I used to think it was just a Penn State thing. Then went to a Pitt game, and I heard everyone there sing it, too, and I was like, I hate Pitt now, and I hate Penn State for doing this. (laughs) This is lame. Number four on the list. Ah, well, you know. This doesn't make you want to dance and sing? I don't know any of the words, though. I know Dancing Queen, and then I think it's like strong and clean. (laughs) I think it's like a shampoo commercial. (laughs) Probably was at Dancing Queen. So what a Shino uh, submarine. Number five on the list. Yeah, I mean, look, Tony yeah. Soprano gets killed, yep. and it was the best thing that ever happened to Journey. Really yep. starting to Honest, hate this song. Honestly, do you remember before the the uh, finale of The Sopranos? It wasn't as big. Yeah, probably not. It was The Sopranos. It was look, people liked it. Don't get me wrong. It was a chart topper. Yeah, but it had a like uh, rejuvenate. What's the word I'm looking for? Revival, Re- resurrection, revival. Yes, because of that, and it's never gone away. And I think it's featured in not not what's the musical? Not rock star. What is it? Rock it's of like, Ages. Yeah, I think it's okay. featured in that too. So number five. Oh boy. <laughs> What radio station are you listening to? How are these songs popping up? Randy singing this. Is this on your best of eight track? I didn't make the list. (laughs) This is a poll. Sing along songs for people who still listen to Real to Real. Okay, that's Gloria. People love it. Yes, Uh, I like that song. This is also. Oh oh, yeah, yeah. this is right up your. Oh, yeah. Era. You can't strum these first three chords without 17 white people just gathering around you. Like, <laughs> ooh. If you're with Steve Byrne at any point after 8 p.m. where there's a jukebox, this, is, this song on. will find its way on. And that, peop- that white people like, 
Oh. Just conglomeration will happen. Everybody just somehow huddles together. I'll tell you another it one. It looks like South Park. Like everybody just kind of <laughs> huddles together really quick. I'll tell you another one that's from this era is do 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 immediately. Is that blink? That's semi charmed kind of like third eye blind. Third eye blind. Yes. Uh, that was Wonderwall by Oasis, if anybody didn't know. Yeah, sure. All right. This is what number? Uh, that's number eight. Eagles were number eight? Yep. Okay. Number nine. Hey, June. Tough to not sing along with that. Don't Words are easy. Nah. Nah, yeah. nah, 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 yeah. nah. And this, the number 10 on the list, I, I don't imagine is a sing-along song. It's more like to get you pumped up. Oh, yeah. I'm not lying. I used to listen to this before, like, basketball games and soccer games when to I was, like, in, in third, fourth grade. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like, do you sing along or punch along? <laughs> <laughs> I was probably older than that, actually. Well, yeah, and no, I was, like, fourth, fifth grade. Yeah, but still. I mean, I thought this was the baddest song ever recorded. This, was, this is pretty good. I was listening to this on my Sony Walkman that was probably hitched to my belt with the <laughs> with the orange headphones. Yeah, the orange foam headphones. I just imagine this being played on a loop in every gym. Yeah, around nineteen like whatever eighty. This is this is going 80s. heavy in the uh, yeah the, the the football weight room for sure. But I agree with you. I don't think it's a sing along so much as. It's Pump, let's get pumped just, up yeah. for the game. Yeah. Forecast today, rain, upper 50s for the high. It's 50 now at DVE. Not for nothing, but if this one comes on, you can expect me to be screaming at the top of my lungs. This is such an underrated song that I think suffered because I'm Still Standing came out before uh, it. And the video oh, for I'm Still Standing away. was just so weird. And the song was kind of weird. And he was still dressed like he was in the I'm Still Standing video in the I guess that's why they call it the blues video mm. and it's it's tainted by that. I, yeah, I, I feel like uh, Piano Man getting left off that list is insane oh, yeah. and uh, ref, or, um, Free Fallen from Tom Petty oh, being boy. left off that. But mm. Great point. Good choices. Great point. All right. Uh, on the way for you. Phil Bork a little bit later. What's going on with the Penguins? Also... You'll be able to cruise Pittsburgh's Three Rivers now on a tiki boat. I'll tell you about the newest, hey, let's go get drunk and do this thing in the Berg that will in no way have a horrible outcome. This will ever... And it really celebrates our Polynesian heritage (laughs) as well, doesn't it? It's a nice... Uh, Mike's got your sports uh, when we come back. But Jeff Conkle, Mr. Wednesday, has been hanging out with us, and you got a show coming up. Yeah, at uh, April 7th. I don't uh, I don't often tout things as being a big show, but this is a big show on April 7th because it features three of your favorite DV uh, uh, personalities. It's going to be me, Sean Collier, and uh, Bill Crawford. We're going to be out at the Myernick Center. It's on Camp Horn Road. Uh, oh. They do a fundraiser there just to uh, kind of uh, you know make sure that the lights stay on. It's a great kind of rec center and, and event center over there. So, uh, again, that's April 7th. You can get uh, your information at avonworthcommunitypark.org. But it's going to be a big show. Good deal. Thanks, guys. Where can people get tickets? Avonworthcommunitypark.org. Right on. It's like a, it's a DVE all-star team right there. Darn tootin'. Jeff Conkle. All right. Quick break. We'll be right back. I mean, you want to listen to the whole song now, don't you? Kind of do. All right. Uh, go, it out. Yeah. You can uh, listen on the web at dv.com. Maybe I'll <laughs> figure out how to stream it over there. DVE Sports. Mike, pursued it with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. What the hell? 
What is going on with the Penguins? They can't win against a crappy team on the road when they need points? Uh, the Red Wings certainly qualified as that. Sports are brought to you by Golden Oak Lending. The Penguins were dispassionate at best and disinterested at worst in their 5-2 loss to the Red Wings last night at the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. The Red Wings took the ice in their new home 1-12-1 and in their last 14 games. What? And they uh. beat the Penguins. The Penguins had 12 shots on goal through two periods. Uh, at a point in time, they trailed 3-1. to one. It just was a stinker of a game. Pretty much after Sidney Crosby scored 38 seconds into it, you thought at that point maybe that the Penguins were going to coast, and maybe they did too, and they did not. And uh, they remained five points behind the Washington Capitals in the Metropolitan Division, but head coach Mike Sullivan maintained afterward that for the time being, at least, they should be looking behind, not ahead. You know, it, it, as I've said all along here, that we're fighting for our life to, for a playoff spot. And, uh, and you know, nothing's inevitable in this game. We've got to go out and earn it every day. And it doesn't matter who your opponent is. Every game is hard to win. This is a hard league. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we've got to, we're going to have another difficult one in the next game. It's, uh, it's just the nature of the league, especially at this time of year. So... We've got to find a way to come together as a group and, and make sure that we learn from this experience and, and be ready for the next one. The Blue Jackets are right behind the Penguins in the Metro with 91 points. Philly has 90, and the Devils have 88. The Devils are the last team in right now in the Eastern Conference. Florida is the first team on the outside looking in with 85 points. And you think, well, Florida couldn't possibly catch Pittsburgh, 92 to 85 with five games remaining, except Florida has only played 74 games. Yeah. Three games in hand now on the Penguins. So, ha, if the Panthers got six more points, they'd have 91, and the Pens would have 92, and, you know, who knows. Sullivan has a bit of a point. I don't think the playoffs are in jeopardy, but it would be nice if they're going to take the foot off the gas the way they did last night. It would be nice if they actually clinched it first. Yeesh. That's two that should have been in the back pocket. It's just uh, concerning because... There are so many things that you want to see righted before you get into the postseason, and we were making these big assumptions. Like, oh, well, you know what? They're, Broussard's turning around now. That's going to be great. They got the defensive pairings figured out. It looks like at least serviceable uh, in, in, in the worst situation there. So, uh, you know, Murray's coming back off injury now, and he'll be sharp, and everything will be great. And then they drop one. It was an easy two points. Easy two points. Broussard, by the way, only played 11 minutes last night. 11 minutes and one second. Uh, speculation on TV about an injury issue in the second period. Sullivan just talked about all they, they didn't do in a brief postgame analysis. And you say concern, I think, is a good word. Um, it doesn't necessarily project anything, uh, but it is not something you're certainly happy about when you watch them play like they did last night. No. Especially if you get that one right off the bat. Yeah, that's the perfect, uh, in case Detroit had any ideas about bucking up at home against the defending champs and trying yeah. to win one for a change, you just tell them right away, nope, this is going to be just like the last 14. You're going to get smoked. All right, well. Didn't happen. All right, maybe that's the, the last wake-up call they needed before the postseason. We shall see. They're at the Devils Thursday. Canadians are here Saturday night. And then the Penguins will rise again on Sunday to meet the Capitals. They usually rise up to play Washington. They do. 
They changed the uh, goaltender's interference rule, at least how they adjudicate In the middle of the season. In the middle of the season, they've decided now that they're going to go to Toronto in the situation room when they want to talk about whether it was goalie interference, that goal should or should not have been scored. And they're going to have a former referee in on that conversation with the on-ice crew. It's good because, you know, those former referees probably haven't horribly blown any calls in a long time. So this will I love them, that former referee. Get them back involved doing what they do uh, best. Before we move on with your operation, I want to have a former doctor look at this. Yeah. I don't have as much of a problem with this as you do. You haven't killed anybody on the operating table since Tirana if, in 2007. If you have a bad rule in the NFL, you shouldn't have to wait till the end of the year to yeah. fix it. Just fix it. It's a yeah. bad rule. Well, apparently uh, there is uh, scuttlebutt rumblings, uh, some talk that they actually changed the catch rule during the playoffs without telling anybody. <laughs> that they, that, like... They, change the application of the... Well, Al Riveron at least was reminded that it, it's supposed to be... Uh, you're supposed to have indisputable evidence to change the call in the field. You're not supposed to look at everything and decide what happened. Right. So they kind of maybe, I guess, went back to the way they were supposed to be doing it. But now, next year, they're not going to have that silly going-to-the-ground element of a catch in terms of the process of a catch. You will apparently be allowed to stretch the ball out a la Des Bryant and Jesse James either the goal line or the line to make for a first down or just an extra yard and a half because you're that kind of competitor. And if you hit the ground with the ball and it goes away, it's still a catch. I don't know if the play's dead or that's a fumble. Stay tuned on that. It's got to be a fumble. Well, but the ground can't cause a fumble. So it's got to be dead ball or does it? Maybe nobody thought to, you know, get that down in black and white. Well, if you've established yourself enough as a runner, that's a fumble. Except the ground can't, can't cause, cause a fumble. fumble. Yeah, you're right. All right, they've screwed this up. I actually don't think the they're, way they had it written last year. There's a corner, and they're painting, and they're painting in the wrong direction. All they had to do was fix the goal line rule. Yeah. Goal line and, and uh, out of bounds. A bigger deal. Everybody's going to want to talk about this catch thing and keep going back to the Jesse James play and think that the Steelers got unjustly screwed out of Beating New England, which they did not. They did. Um, you are no longer uh, allowed to lead with the crown of the helmet on any opponent anywhere. It's a 15-yard penalty, and it may lead to disqualification. They're talking about maybe adopting a targeting rule similar to what they have in college. This is a big deal. A lot of guys hit with the helmet. A lot of them do so legally. Not Again, anymore. these are tough rules to implement. I think that uh, a lot of times you discount the speed of the game, and when things are happening that quick, yeah. to make a conscious effort to do anything other than to just have a reaction, which is a lot of times why the helmet-to-helmet calls are so tricky, because intent can never really be figured right. out. In you, the- you know as well as I do, as well as everybody watching there are times when guys are sought out and speared in the head because yes. they're really good. But to prove it, and to prove that intent, you know, what Jacksonville did to Gronkowski in the playoffs, took him out. Right? You don't remember that? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember the hit. as yeah. be, You seem to think that that was a that was, brazenly intentional yeah, yes, shot I, to the head. Brazenly. Okay. Like, this guy's not catching nine balls for three touchdowns. I actually don't time. remember it. Yeah. but and I think that happens all the time. But the hit on A.B., in the uh, was the Jags game. I will not remember. What place I remember Jacksonville scoring against Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah, they did that a lot. Yeah. Uh, but to our point, it's going to be very difficult to tell 
what was predetermined and what was just the speed of the game? I don't know. I think that there are, if the NFL was serious about it, they would have suspended Gronk when he jumped on a guy's back. There's a difference between taking measures to protect players and trying to remove the violence from the game that will never, ever be, you know, be something that anybody will be able to do in the speed of the game. The helmet, You'll never the be able to adjust the, the violence of the yeah. game like that. The helmet-to-helmet thing doesn't address whether a running back is allowed to lower his head, which, as it stands, you know, the old way they were, and if you were in a tackle box, you were allowed to lower your head, the Ryan Clark, the Gahey thing. The, that was still what they were selling, not anymore. Apparently. I think what they need to do more, like, for in terms of protecting players, is when they... Suffer a hit where there's clear helmet to helmet, the head whipping back, hitting the ground, etc. Uh, that they're protected after the fact, you know, not putting them right back in there. Who was the? I always forget the quarterback's name from Miami after Bud Dupree hit him oh. two years ago. Was Matt Moore? Yeah, it was. Like that guy should have never been allowed back in the game. That's the stuff that I think that they need to do. They need to protect those players from from themselves, basically. But you can't take the violence out of the game. You can take the unnecessary violence out of the game. If, he, you, if you want. Safety first. You see, that's funny. You hate fighting in hockey. I do. But you think that there should be unmitigated violence in the no, NFL? No, I, I don't. Okay. I, I agree with you. I was just being a jackass. Okay. Neither I nor the parrot believe unmitigated <laughs> violence is Let me way. take a break, and I want to come back and talk about those buckos, by the way. Yeah, got the lineup for Thursday. Got the lineup. More importantly, I'm super happy for Pitt fans and for the Pitt program because they were in the worst spot. It looked dire. It looked bad. It looked like heads were going to roll Didn't look good. before they were going to hire anybody. But I'm ha- happy for, uh, is it Heather Likey? Is that her name? The AD? Like. Like. And uh, everybody there because the projected names they were getting turned down by. I mean, so you got to take some of that with a grain of salt, too. Yeah, I know, but it was like the, all the homely girls were turning them down yeah. for the dance, and they ended up getting a pretty hot. But had they had those homely girls actually been asked? I don't. Yeah, I don't. or were they saying, "Oh, I'm not really interested," and then going to sure. their boss and saying, "Hey, you know, I turned down Pitt, even though they didn't ask. How about some more do re me my way?" Mike, perception is reality. Some Phil Cowher used to say. Did he say it right? Yeah, it's one of the things he got right. He didn't say perspective is reality or something like that. Val's got news top of the hour. Contraspection is <laughs> optional. Uh, people who live in sex-named uh, sex towns uh-huh. uh, are getting a gift from Pornhub. Tiki Cruises coming to the Three Rivers. <laughs> also, Gene Simmons is going back out on tour with Ace Fraley. Something he, we talked about with him last time he was on the show. Uh, in addition to that, I'll tell you about a new way to protect your information if you want to stay on facebook mm-hmm. there's a, a new way to protect all those outside forces from coming in and stealing your data it's like a force field yeah kind of to protect you yeah it's pretty good i'll tell you about that coming up it's the dve morning show randy babbin along with Val porter mike pursuta bill crawford is on vacation in california where it is sunny not so here in pittsburgh where it's this is the weather that Rambo uh, walked down the street in, in, in the first Rambo, in First Blood. It's First Blood weather. What was that, Oregon? I think it was filmed in Oregon, Washington State. 
It's definitely Pacific, Pacific Northwest. Northwest yeah. Kind of depressing, drizzly, Ugh. cold yeah. feel. My poor dogs. You thought about your dogs while we were talking about Rambo? No, with the rainy weather. Oh, why? Do they get bad knees? Uh, yeah. No, they do. They're old. They have arthritis. Yeah, so the weather And they're it. covered in mud when they come in the house. Do you have a mud room for the dogs? Uh, for every have, like, dog a sun owner. porch. Yeah. Kind of that comes into the house, but... I keep a, t- a beach towel handy to, to you know clean them off. I told you my one buddy built like a little pen, so when like you walk in the garage, he can just pen them in and then hose them down. Oh, that's so good! It's like the best thing that's ever. Incredible! Oh, I would do that with his with your kids, like if you could. Yeah, <laughs> they might. Yeah, I don't know. You who might it is, get into but... some trouble doing that. Okay, what's going on? Uh, well, with, you're, uh, with you're very excited about Jeff Cape. I, I'm happy for I them. I feel where you're coming from. That because... program was in the total, you know, pits. Well, when you had no head coach and everybody but two guys requested to transfer out, you didn't really have a team. So Jeff Capel, I, hey, legit assistant from a great program, been a head coach before, been a successful head coach before, pretty good hire for Pitt, getting uh, one of Mike Krzyzewski's lieutenants yeah. down there at Duke. But the perspective on it is Louisville also hired a coach yesterday. Louisville will not get Chris Mack from Xavier, okay, who's been one of the most successful coaches in the country of late. Well, Louisville and is not Louisville went out hit. and grabbed the guy from the Stepping Stone program, which Xavier has been. You know, they've, they've had Sean Miller. They've had uh, Mata from Ohio State, the old Ohio State coach. That's what Xavier does is they find good coaches and then other people hire them. Uh, Louisville is not Pitt, but a, a significant hire, I think, for Pitt. I also don't... Some of the fan base ought to be able to get behind. I agree that it's easy to recruit for Duke. Very. But that doesn't mean that he's not a good recruiter. Doesn't mean he's a good doesn't mean he is though. We'll find out. I'll now. go back to the argument I had earlier. Everybody yeah. praised Tom Bradley when he was at Penn State yeah, maybe saying he how got great little, maybe he got a little too much credit for maybe that. Maybe he would be great if he came to Pitt because he'd be such a good recruiter. Although I don't think Penn State football I don't football think he got was, too much credit for that. I think you're I don't a good think recruiter. Penn State football was on the level that Duke football the Duke basketball is on. Penn State was pretty good. Duke's creme de la creme. Well, I mean, in terms of football. Bradley was a good recruit in Western Pennsylvania, right? That was most of his, uh, where there used to be a lot of football players. Well, what is this guy only recruiting Durham? They recruit wherever they want, whoever they want. I think it's a great hire, considering I thought, oh, they have that beautiful arena and nobody's going to go for the next five years again. Including players. (laughs) You know, everybody but two guys want to transfer out. At least. They don't now. At least. Check out the possibilities. Now I bet some of them come back. and I bet all of them come back. Get a little momentum going here. Well, um, I shouldn't say all of them, but I bet most of them come back. It's a guy the fans should be able to get behind. Yeah, this is good and news. And maybe give them a little time instead of bailing like they all did. No, it's cool. Get a little yeah. excitement in, in that program. Get the zoo back there. Winning tradition. A guy has a great pedigree. This is a good hire. Yeah. Won't be long before they're calling that the best facility in the country and the zoo the best cheering section and doing all those uh, over-the-top braggadocio stuff that Pitt does. Maybe we'll have our own jerk of a player at Pitt who goes around there you go. tripping people when the refs aren't looking and stuff. He wasn't a jerk until he missed that last shot. <laughs> That's true. Before that, he was just highly competitive. Uh, Penn State's going to play for the NIT Championship Thursday against Utah after beating Ben Howland and Mississippi State. Mm-hmm, there you go. 75-60 last night. In the NIT semifinals in New York, Pirates and Phillies tied 5-5. Do you care about the Buccos lineup Thursday? Yeah. Leading off, designated hitter, Adam Frazier. 
Batting second at second base, Josh Harrison, Gregory Polanco, right field, Josh Bell, first base, Corey Dickerson, left field, Stalling Marte, center field, Francisco Cervelli, catcher, Colin Moran, third base, and Jordy Mercer, shortstop, Yvonne Nova, your starter against Jordan Zimmerman of the Tigers. And it is probably going to be uh, inclement weather. What do you think? You want to go? Their, uh, we'll do the show Thursday and you get that plane you took to game seven. Yeah, and- there you go. Zoom up and back. Show some support. Yeah, man. We'll get in one of those uh what are those those little planes called the airlight things or whatever. The ones you die in? Yeah. <laughs> one of those. <laughs> it's a metaphor. Now they're gonna be uh, you watch uh, um, battling buckos. They're gonna end up uh, surprising pr- if some we people. Tape the last hour, we could get there in time. And we're not gonna do that. We're not? No. No. Yeah. We're, not, we're not driving to Detroit. Val's got a thing. You're not driving across the street to see him play here. Why would you drive to Detroit? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, it's, I got nothing but positive vibes for the Buckos. You're I, not going You're to, loving them. I hate nutting. You want to go, I to, love the, the, you go to the opener? This is like I, lo- you know, like I love my wife, but I hate her parents. Do you want to go to the opener? No. Mon- there you go. Monday? Yeah, but that's not because opener. I'm not rooting for the Buckos. That's, you don't want to drive down the hill it's to see be cold, probably. I just don't want to get drunk on a Monday if afternoon. If they were playing in the parking lot right below our building here, would you look out the window and watch? Yes. Out of respect for Clint Hurdle. <laughs> it's Holy Week. Don't get me started. Do you know what? Uh, it's bu- supposed to be partly cloudy and 48 on Monday. Ooh, baby. That's not too bad. Brisk. As that home sucks. openers go. Not too bad. Well, they got enough food to keep you warm there, so don't worry about it. Food doesn't actually keep you warm. Do you know today is Spy Wednesday? Spy Wednesday? What does that mean? Like in the Holy Week When they order. send spies into the land of plenty? I spy Pontius Pilate. No, kind of- no, it's um, it's about Judas. Today's the Judas Day. In- oh. Yeah, Just that's wanna- right. <laughs> spy Wednesday. Some observe the story of Judas arranging his betrayal of Jesus with the high priests. For this reason, this day is sometimes called Spy Wednesday. I've never heard it called Spy Wednesday. Me neither. What is this? Well, what, Jesus Christ Superstar? No, 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 no. This... What this? What I'm reading That's from? This accounting of what today is. It's the the scripture I'm reading from. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know? Is that why it's all crinkly and yellow? Yeah. But Thursday. Thursdays. Tomorrow's double shot Thursday. Monday Thursday. Monday Thursday. Monday Thursday. Yes, is the which last is, supper. Right, which is how the Sicilian wife of Michael Corleone did the the days of the week. Monday, Tuesday, <laughs> Thursday, Wednesday, Friday, Sunday, Saturday. Yes, Monday Thursday. Tomorrow. <laughs> Monday, Thursday, that's going to be confusing. Spy Wednesday. So uh, everybody say a prayer to Bill Belichick. What do you have coming up next, Val? Um, We're going to talk about how the people who live in sex-named towns are getting a gift from Pornhub. Borky on the way, 845. It's 50 degrees now at DBE. The news is brought to us by ChooseNissan.com. Stormy Daniels' attorney wants to get a deposition from President Trump about the alleged affair that uh, he had with a porn star back in 2006, not long after his marriage to Melania. Michael Avenatti says he would like to see it happen in the next two to three months. He wants to ask the president about the $130,000 Daniels said she would paid was paid to keep quiet about the affair. Daniels argues that since Trump never signed the non-disclosure agreement, she should be free to talk about the encounter. Which she has been talking about it. So So this is about her wanting to get a book out of this to capitalize on it, right? 
I guess. Because um, other than that, you know, I don't believe this whole, I don't like being called a liar, and that's why I'm going through all this. I mean, she wants to be able to capitalize on it. I, Does 60 Minutes pay for interviews? I uh, don't believe so. I don't believe so. But one thing is for sure. Trump is terrified of her lawyer and her. <laughs> that guy's hysterical. They have something, man. They definitely have something. Because nobody cares about it. I don't know why he's fighting back so much on it. Like, why wouldn't he just go, all right, yeah, I screwed up. I had an affair. But on, I found Jesus now. Ask my evangelical friends. Well, he actually hasn't said anything about it, really. It's Michael Cohen. Really? Well, Sarah Sanders he? had to answer it yesterday. Yeah. He said, she, you know, the, the president doesn't always counterpunch. He's a counterpuncher, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have to always do it. Yeah. Mayor Bill Peduto says homicides in Pittsburgh are down thanks to a new effort. Peduto says the Group Violence Initiative is responsible for a 12% reduction in violence last year and an 8% reduction over the past five years. The initiative is a team of street interventionists who identify and target people likely to commit violent crimes. The team works with those individuals to offer them life options such as providing safety, counseling, and job training. And those are part of the police force. Uh, or is it a separate? Sh- uh, yeah, then I'm not sure if they're police officers. Okay. Today is American Red Cross Giving Day, and the aid organization needs our help more than ever. Vice President of Disaster Operations Brad Kaiserman says this has been one of the most demanding years in Red Cross history. A lot of uh, natural disasters happening. Kaiserman says you can show your support for those in need by using the hashtag number one family, and you can make an instant $10 donation by texting the word Red Cross to 90999. As the spring storm season is just getting started, the Red Cross is also encouraging everyone to put together a disaster plan and emergency kit. And just as flu season, they say, is winding down, the CDC is warning a second wave of potentially deadly illness is spreading across the country. Here we go. They say it's phase two. Well, why isn't it just all one phase? It's just flu season. Not anymore. This time, the worrisome strain is type B, which the CDC says is now accounting for six out of ten flu cases. Influenza A is the more common, but federal health officials say illness associated with the B strain can be just as severe, especially in young children. Instead of an afternoon caffeine pick-me-up, how about an afternoon relaxation recharge? There's a place in New York where busy people can take nap breaks instead of coffee breaks. At Nap York, located in Midtown Manhattan, people pay 10 bucks to go in nap pods for half an hour to relax and relieve stress. The marketing director said that uh, they wanted to create a place where these busy and exhausted individuals could come and take that break and spend some time focusing on themselves. I always look under the big desk here to make sure nobody is sleeping <laughs> when we come in here. I just want to find Sean McDowell in hibernation. <laughs> We know there are several sex-named towns in the world. We've got a couple here in Pennsylvania. Intercourse Intercourse. is uh, probably the most famous. (laughs) Well, Pornhub has announced they're going to start giving free lifetime premium memberships to people around the world who live in towns with sexually suggestive names. Some of the places that made their list include Hooker, Oklahoma. Mm. Three-Way, Virginia. Really? Hornytown, North Carolina. Why would you name the town Hornytown? Why would you name a town Intercourse? That's a good point. Climax, Saskatchewan. Rectum in the Netherlands. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that happens a lot in Amsterdam. Uh, You can get that pretty cheap over there. 
I'm sure this isn't how you say it, but it's spelled La Vagina in Italy. That sounds like a shady side restaurant. <laughs> Have you eaten at La Vagina yet? Uh, Pornhub is also taking suggestions for other cities around the world to add to their list. So if you live in those towns, you get free lifetime premium memberships for Pornhub. A series of John Lennon Imagine era 12-inch figurines are due to be available uh, in April. Global design house Molecule 8, under license with Yoko Ono, is set to launch a Lennon line of figurines. They come complete with three finely tailored iconic outfit options. For more information and a little peek at the Lennon likeness, you can visit Molecule 8's website. R. Kelly is facing new accusations related to sexually abusing minors, the latest made by a former girlfriend in a BBC documentary. She says the singer grooms young girls as sex pets, including one as young as 14. The girlfriend says she realized Kelly was trying to groom her as well. The woman said Kelly made the girl crawl around and perform a sex act. Kelly has not commented but previously denied any improper behavior. Perfect uh, time to announce the new uh, R. Kelly show at... uh... KeyBank uh, Pavilion. Oh, really? Yeah, yesterday. Uh, I didn't see that. Yeah. I mean, that guy's such garbage. Why we got to... Yeah, I'm not sure who's booking him. Put up but... with this. Get rid uh, of him. Lawyers for Bill Cosby don't want jurors to hear about a phone call between the comedian's accuser and her mom. Cosby's legal team argued in court papers yesterday that what was said between accuser Andrea... Oh, Constant... you know what? By the way, I was wrong. It's not R. Kelly. It's Chris Brown, who's oh, okay. another piece of garbage. Okay. Um... So Cosby's legal team argued in court papers yesterday that what was said between accuser Andrea Constand and her mother is hearsay and should not be mentioned at his retrial. Constand says her first uh, she first told her mom that Cosby had drugged and molested her during that January 2005 call. Constand and her mother testified about the call during Cosby's first trial, which ended at a hung jury. He has pleaded not guilty. Rain upper 50s for the high today. It's uh, 50 now at DVE. I mean... When you think of bad ideas, this has got to be right up there in terms of summer fun on the mon. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this will be great. But there's a new company, Cruisin' Tiki's, <laughs> that's coming to Pittsburgh that will offer a, a tiki boat that you can run out. All right? And it's like a tiki hut that floats. Yeah, it's round. And you can rent it out, and it's BYOB, and children are allowed. That seems like a real bad idea. They have two-hour sightseeing charters on the Mon, Allegheny, in the Ohio. <laughs> now, these start in May. Each 16-foot boat fits six people. A two-hour tour. About 400 bucks. Well, that's not cheap. 67 bucks per person. That includes the cost of the boat, the captain, and, part, you know, so you get, you get Skipper and Gilligan. <laughs> you get a crew member and a captain. But it's only a two-hour tour. Yeah, not it's three. not three, so you probably won't get lost. But, so they have these in Carolina and the Bahamas and Florida and Lake George, New York and stuff. But there's just something different about the rivers <laughs> from the place. Isla Mirada, Florida, Key West, Madeira Beach. 
The Bahamas. Beautiful, sunny, clear water places. These are not places I associate the confluence with. Yeah, logs floating down the river. They say, hey, you're going to get some great views of the city, the skyline, and the stadium. I know this is going to end with a bunch of drunk meatheads just <laughs> in the water. careening towards the locks <laughs> at some point, somehow, some way. <laughs> that will happen. It just seems like a really bad idea. Yeah, because the picture that they showed, there's not much maneuvering space. Like a couple steps back and you're in the water. It looks stupid, doesn't it? Like it's going to be a blight on the river. You're like, oh, there's that stupid tiki. <laughs> it's going to be Donzies. But I'm moving. Moving Donzies. Much, much smaller uh, capacity. I'm moving personal Donzies. Well, that'll be nice. Yeah, and you got to bring all your own stuff. Yeah. You got to bring your own booze. You There's no bathroom, Val. Well, we they're going to be BYOBing. Pe- pe- people peeing everywhere. It's just going to be. It's just going to be a urination hut <laughs> on the mon. I don't know. A good luck to as Jeff Conkle pointed out earlier. It's not like there's some Polynesian heritage that we have to <laughs> celebrate. Celebrate here. I don't know. Um, are you getting the robocalls a lot lately? Does yeah. your cell phone get them more than ever? Yes. So does mine. They have this new trick that they have been doing where they take your phone number and the first three digits of your phone oh, number. Oh, that one infuriates me. And then it'll come on. So it looks like, oh, well, I'm, this has to be someone close to me. It looks yeah. like my number. Maybe I'll answer. Well, there's been a preponderance of those and a bunch of the fake IRS calls and the Fed calls. Mm-hmm. So I got this call yesterday on my phone. It's filed against you by the federal authorities. So before the things go worst against you, kindly call us back at 703-537-1993. I repeat it, 703-537-1993. Don't disregard this message and do return the call. As delay in calling us back might end up into a legal prosecution <laughs> I mean, against your name. Oh, that'd be so bad. So we hope that you justify in this situation as soon as possible. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, I mean, that sounded like a real lady. <laughs> and it sounded like there's real consequences. Well, Val, I had enough. I'm calling him. Oh. Joe's putting to my, hear this. Because I'm sick and tired of dealing with this. these pe- people. Hello, is this Mr. Obama? Wait, how do they know my name? I'm calling for my work number. How did you know it was me? Sir, hold on uh, while I connect you with our supervisor. <laughs> oh, perfect. See what they're doing here? Yeah. They're even pretending to be patriotic officers of the government. I mean, they've really stretched this ruse out a little bit too thin for me. Honestly, I'm sick and tired of the old... Hello, Rand. Mom? Hi, honey. How are you? Mom, what the hell are you doing working with the phony robocall criminals? Well, my kids are busy and mom gets knocked down the pecking order on the callback list sometimes, so I signed up with Telemometer. Telemometer? Yeah. It's a new service, hon, that scares people into calling their moms. I just, I gave them your phone number. No. You gave them my phone number? 
Why did you give my phone number? Yeah, and zip code, and birthday, and your first pet name, and the street you were born on. No, those are such strange questions. Those are password questions. I learned about it from the Nigerian man who's been emailing me to make sure my network is secure. Stop emailing him. Mom, what did you want to talk to me about? Well, hon, I wanted to remind you to go to confession before we attend the vigil mass Saturday. I don't want to go to the vigil mass. It takes forever, and there's no Wi-Fi in there. Oh, ring. Offer it up, honey. Offer it up. Remember, you're not the one on the cross, hon. Yeah, well, you know, at least I'd get good reception up there, okay? St. Craig's <laughs> is like being in Capone's vault. I get no balls. Oh. <laughs> I am going to send an email to my prayer circle to pray for forgiveness for that blasphemy and for those Stephen Hawking jokes about his boners that okay. your cousin Timmy told me about. <laughs> All right, so now I'm being condemned for comments you heard secondhand. Ran, your show's not for mom. I know we that. We talked about mm-hmm. this. Yes, I know. It's not for mom. Thanks for calling me back, hon. Stop tricking me to, with these fake federal investor calls. Love you. Yeah, all right. Love you, too. Oh, before I go, Harvey oh. Vina, the boy you went to second grade with? Don't remember him at all. No. Well, he was he was in your class for three weeks <laughs> in the month of November. And, anyways, I, I don't his stepmom, th- Mary Agnes, died. Don't yeah, know her. I thought you might want to send flowers no, or I, call. Don't. It'd be important to me. All right. Okay. I'll try. <laughs> Bye, Mom. Don't forget to fast on Friday. No Netflix or Atari. Sports. What should have been a guaranteed two points for the Pens last night, squandered on the road. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now. Especially the way it started, Randall. Sidney Crosby's 27th of the season. Just 38 seconds into the game last night gave the Penguins a 1-0 lead at the Little Caesars Arena in Detroit. But the Penguins didn't bring it from there. At least they didn't bring it the way the Red Wings brought it and continued to bring it in Detroit. Ends up winning 5-2, just the Red Wings' second win in their last 15 games. Here's Penguins head coach Mike Sullivan. I don't think we were struggling, but we weren't playing the game with the level of urgency that we need to to have success. And uh, when you're not committed to play the game hard and play the game smart, you, you, you run the risk of getting beat. You have to give Detroit credit. They played hard tonight. Yeah, I think harder than the Penguins, more uh, desperate than the Penguins, more urgent than the Penguins. Um the Pens got what they deserved, although it was fascinating to me the way the game concluded. It was 4-1 Red Wings in the later stages of the third period, and Sullivan pulled his goalie, and the Penguins got a goal from Chris Letang at 16:44 of the third period, an extra attacker goal. Now all of a sudden it's 4-2. There's three minutes and change left. He pulled the goalie again, put Murray back in, then when the Puck went down into the Detroit end. They got him out, and they threatened a couple of times. They came pretty close to getting another one to make it 4-3 to three with two minutes left, give or take. But the Red Wings uh, were eventually able to get an empty netter with a minute and a half remaining, and that sealed the deal once and for all. But I think you kind of saw what you know the Penguins giving what they thought was an acceptable effort, what was taking place, and then when they turned it on and got desperate and urgent, they almost pulled that one uh, out of their nether region, but uh, not quite. My hopes for a three-peat are dwindling. And I'm not saying... You know, that's probably a natural reaction. It's going to go that way based on the result. Just because of little... Uh, is it kinks in the armor or chinks in the armor? I, th- You know, I know people... Well, it's probably the uh, former now. Yeah, well, that's true. If for no other reason than to avoid any... To avoid saying the latter. Right. But at any rate, you know, you see these just a little bit here and there, and it seems like 
where I thought, oh, we can make a strong run. And I'm not saying we won't, but my confidence in that is waning a little bit. Yeah, I, you know. You can't win on the road. You're going to have a tough time. Going to have to win some road games. Uh, I think they're a pretty good team. I don't think they were necessarily dominant the last two years, but they were resilient when they had to be each and every time, almost invariably. And they 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 found ways to win series. And until somebody beats them in a series, I'm not going to think they can't win one. No, you're right. You know, it, it, they're eight and zero under Mike Sullivan in the postseason in series. That's good. And I don't, I don't yeah, think they, good. I don't think they steamrolled to the last two cups, and they were the odds-on favorite in every series, and they were the superior team in every series. I don't think they are that now, but I don't think uh, anybody should sleep on them. Well, I think that I don't think anybody that plays the Penguins in the postseason is going to get together in their pre-scout meeting before the series starts and say, you know, these guys lost to the Red Wings in late March, so we got this. Well, I, you know, you mentioned that the the pressure made them perform better. You know, I think there was a mischaracterization early on that they were tired in the early in the season. Like yeah. it was more it wasn't ti- being tired, physically tired. It was uh lacking maybe the fire in the belly that you need, uh, which is a completely different thing. And maybe they are at the point now where pressure is what's going to make them perform. So uh counting them out certainly would be a, a big mistake. Yeah, you know, the fire in the belly is a good way to put it. Uh, I don't think they they were dogging it per se, but nobody no. nobody in the NHL plays every game of the regular season in Game Seven urgency mode. You just can't. It's not physically possible. So hopefully last night was a learning, uh, like the last yeah. wake up call for them. Yeah. You know, maybe something that's going to happen when you're a two time champ, and you have seemingly now Sullivan will argue this point, but I, I think their playoff spot is all but secured. Sullivan was harping on that last night. They got to get in first before they worry about. What they're going to do when they get there? Is there a? Well, I'm sure the equation's probably convoluted for them. The next five games, how many do they have to win? Do they win the next two? Are they in? It all depends on, I'm sure, a domino effect. Yeah, I mean, Florida is um, the first team uh, on the outside looking in, and Florida has three games in hand on the Penguins. Now there are teams between the Panthers and the Penguins. So it's all it's all bunched together. I, I I don't know what the magic number is. I haven't uh, calculated that out yet. I think they're going to get there, and then I think we'll see. Like we have seen the last two years, this has been uh, a resilient bunch and a pretty competitive bunch when push has come to shove. And uh, there's no reason it can't happen again. But there's also no reason it is predestined to happen again. Uh, the NFL fixed the catch rule, or at least uh, clarified it to a degree. The going to the ground nonsense is out. The league is also uh, talking about, not just talking about, they have expanded the helmet hit rule. Uh, The NFL approved uh, a measure to broaden that helmet hit rule that will penalize players who lead with the crown of their helmets to initiate contact against an opponent on any play. That was announced by uh, Competition, Competition Committee Chairman Rich McKay yesterday at the annual meeting in Orlando, Florida. Uh, Part of that process involved the coach's breakfast. Mike Tomlin was at that. And uh, he talked about the continuing uh, changes uh, involved in the way teams are playing defense. Are you wondering how free agent linebacker John Bostic is going to fit with the Steelers? Free agent safety, Morgan Burnett. Well, if you're wondering about that stuff, wonder first and foremost how those guys can contribute in sub-package football because that, according to Tomlin, is the name of the game. You know, 
base defense doesn't exist anymore. Right. <laughs> you know, we, we play it in the high 20s, 26, 27% of the time. Um, you know, it's about sub-package ball. So, you know, the linebacker position is important in 3-4, no doubt. But all of us globally are not running base defense that much anymore. Um, and that's just the reality of it. Yeah, so when you look at Burnett, don't look at whether he's a better safety than Mike Mitchell. Is he a better box linebacker, the linebacker safety hybrid position in sub-package than whoever the Steelers had doing that last year? Because that's where he's going to contribute first and foremost. Thanks to uh, Steelers.com for passing along that audio at uh, the coach's breakfast. Pitt's got a new basketball coach. His name is Jeff Capel. He is coming to Pitt from Duke, where he's been an assistant to Coach K for the last seven seasons. He's a former Head coach at Oklahoma, spent uh, four, five years there. Once went to the Elite Eight with the Sooners and Blake Griffin. Uh, he also uh, went to the NCAA tournament with Virginia Commonwealth in 2004. He'll be introduced uh, at a press conference in Oakland today. And, uh, you know, it was just two years ago tomorrow, Randall, that the former AD, Scott Barnes, who's not there anymore, was introducing... The former head coach, Kevin Stallings, who's not there anymore either. This was a highly coveted uh, job for sure. And in fact, uh, in the last group of candidates, the final group of candidates we had, four were sitting head coaches at uh, Division I programs who frequented the NCAA tournament. Of those, three were sitting head coaches of Power Five conference schools. Maybe should have hired one of those guys. Wouldn't be doing this again almost two years to the day after they, they did it. They royally screwed that up. But they might have remedied it. You'll have short memories if uh, they can turn this program around quick. Here's how things can change quickly on both ends. Two years ago, excuse me, nine years ago today, March 28th, that's when Jamie Dixon and Pitt lost to Villanova 78-76 to in the East regional final Panthers were on the cusp of a final four and Villanova pull, pulled it out at the end and things kind of spiraled down from there but uh, nine years ago not an eternity nine years ago Pitt was a player in college basketball right now Pitt doesn't have a team it's got a coach and I think two scholarship players but uh, it can change quickly uh, Jeff Capel certainly got uh Bonafides on his resume. It is not. Uh, he's capable. They're not throwing something at the wall and hoping it sticks. Uh, we'll see what he's got starting today. I'm curious to hear what uh, he has to say today. Penn State won in the NIT semifinals 75 60 over Mississippi State last night. The Nittany Lions will play Utah Thursday for the NIT championship. The Pirates ended spring training at 11 19 3 following a 5 5 tie. With Philadelphia, that included a three-run homer from Josh Bell against Jake Arietta, one of the Phillies' uh, high-profile new acquisitions. Bucks will start on Thursday in Detroit, the regular season opener. Von Nova against Jordan Zimmerman. Clint Hurdle announcing his lineup yesterday. Adam Frazier's going to be the DH. He'll be followed by Josh Harrison, Gregory Polanco, Josh Bell, Corey Dickerson, Starling Marte, Francisco Cervelli, Colin Moran, and Jordy Mercer. Thanks, Mike. Val, what do you got coming up? I'll tell you why you should buy lots of concert tickets this summer. 
You know, everybody is uh, wondering what to do about their Facebook account. There's some people who say, the hell with it, I don't care, I'm in. I knew they were going to steal my data no matter what, and uh, I'm fine with that. And other people are horrified to learn the extent to which Facebook and uh, Google and whatnot are able to track your information online. Google's the terrifying one. I'll tell you about that later, because one guy detailed just how much Google has on you. They know where you have been at all times yeah, forever. I don't know how they know if I'm on my work computer and I look up something on Google and then it shows up on my home computer. Because they connect you. They know everything about you. You go on vacation, they know, they can pinpoint, they have geographic locales of where you are. It's nuts. But at any rate, if you want to stay on Facebook, I would imagine Facebook's actually pissed about this, though it will allow more people to stay on. Uh, Mozilla Foxfire. Firefox, sorry, not Foxfire. That's a movie. <laughs> Firefox. If you don't use uh, Safari or Chrome or whatever, it's an extension they've developed called Facebook Container. And it helps you control more of your web activity from Facebook by isolating your identity into a separate container. And it makes it harder for Facebook to track your activity on other websites via third-party cookies. So if you like Facebook... Now you might have some tools to limit what data others can collect about you. Then that you know you got to use Mozilla Firefox, mm-hmm. but still, it's a better option. I never thought that was the best browser. I used it for a while. What but if then you I got confused? What if you use private browsing? I don't know the answer to any of that. I use three. You use three? What is that? Browsers. Which ones? Safari. Yeah. I use Safari and Firefox Chrome. and Chrome. So you do use Firefox too? You know what I've found is certain sites work better on certain browsers. Absolutely. I don't understand why that is, but I sort of have it in my head mm-hmm. by now which ones I go to regularly that work on right. which browser. So I guess everybody's got my information. This just then, it's not that compelling. Uh, well, yeah. Some people are a little more protective over their personal You know, I get the ads that pop up. Hey, you want to buy another Michigan State t-shirt, jackass? I live with it. Yeah, but if you were trying to, you know, search uh, like the Islanders and you accidentally typed in ISIS, and all of a sudden, you know, that's in your history, and then people are wondering what the hell's going on there, and they're like, probably, "Hey, knowing like, me, they'd probably think I was trying to type in Islanders and screwed it up." <laughs> yeah. Well, then they noticed that you ordered hummus for lunch that day. And, <laughs> oh, I'd never do that. You know, I'm just saying. <laughs> never do that. Not. It's not a political statement. I hate that crap. That's fine. Phil Bork joining us when we return. What's come on, penguins? Wake up! That's next. The they old two nine Randy. They DV. It's the DVE morning show. Time for the old two niner. Joining us on the DV Morning Show, Borky, what's up? Uh, top of the morning, I am in uh, sunny and balmy Newark, New Jersey, having the time <laughs> of my life. Oh, I bet. Borky, no practice today. Uh, should we read anything into that off of that stinker last night? No, I would not read into that at all. Um, in fact, I thought it was kind of refreshing. Uh, listen, there's only so many times you can go to the whip uh, this time of year. 
Uh, and sometimes you can use that time to refresh the mind, refresh the body, and you can get a lot more accomplished off the ice with a little uh, team powwow, maybe a couple of individual one-on-one eyeball-to-eyeball meetings. Uh, A lot of times you can get more accomplished that way. For a guy who's got a reputation as pretty much a hard-ass, Sullivan is pretty good at that, is he not? I agree, Mikey. Knowing when to go to the whip and when not to. No, you're right. You're right. There, and uh, there, I think when he does go to the whip behind closed doors, we never hear about it. Never. Uh, and I do know it happens. Uh, he, he protects his players every single time in front of a camera or the microphone. Um, he will be honest with you, but to a certain point where he doesn't embarrass his team or, or individuals. And uh, I think you have to respect that. I know, uh, you know, some writers and and some media folks, they, they they want to poke them and they want to kind of trap them a little bit and, and they give them questions that, you know, you kind of roll your eyes at and you know exactly what they're doing. He won't bite. Sometimes that, that hook gets rattled around inside there, but he never chomps down <laughs> on it. And I admire that. I, I think I admire it as a former player, and I think the guys in the room admire and respect him more because he easily could do that it's just a moment of frustration five minutes after a game, and he never does. All right, Porky, but what the hell's going on? The ra- <laughs> the ra- the Rangers, the Islanders, the Red Wings. Why are they playing crappy against crappy teams? It pains me. It's physically – I feel physically nauseous, and I have a, a – my stomach is twisted around, and I feel like I have to go somewhere and do something. It's <laughs> – if you know what I mean, uh, it's. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, <laughs> I feel like if I if I give you an answer, it's going to sound like a crappy excuse. Uh, it's it's almost like they're like, can we just get this over with and get to the playoffs? It's kind of that's, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, tell me I'm wrong because that's what I'm witnessing with my own eyeballs. No, I got the same the vibe. Team. They had that In run. The team that, that's, January, yeah. they put the pedal down for 20-something games. Okay, we're still the Penguins. What time did the playoffs start? Yeah, and when it's time to play the play the Philadelphia Flyers on home ice and make a statement game, bam, they, they dial in and they, and they can do it. Um, but I've, just, I've been taught differently. That's not the way you play uh, when you get down to the short strokes and the single uh, games left. Um, and I think home ice matters a lot. And maybe they feel like, okay, yeah, we we get it, Borky. We get it. You know, well, we need to kind of pedal to the metal and get the home ice. Don't get your panties all in a bunch that we will just fine and dandy get ourselves that home ice advantage. And, okay, I'm with you, man. I'm with you 100%. But when you watch performances like that, uh, it doesn't do a whole lot for the crest in the front because uh, you got to take some pride in that. And you just can't play the way you played last night. There's There's no excuse for it. Why was Broussard riding the pine? Uh, he got injured. He did not return for the third period. Uh, no update on that. Did not see anything during the game. Um, so it's uh, it was not. Uh, the guy that did ride the pine was uh, number 59 in your program. That was uh, Jake Gensel after the turnover in the third period, which led to the Darren Helm goal. I don't think he saw the ice after that. All right. Borky, what do you think were the – top couple of three reasons why they won the last two cups you know obviously short answer here uh and do you see those same qualities in this current team 
Uh, number one, I have to go with goaltending. Number two, I'd go uh, depth scoring. And number three, I would say uh, star power. Um, I think the goaltending, when push comes to shove, I know Matt has had moments um, where you just go, you know, the game against Philly, you know, a couple goals, there were long goals that you think, wow, he absolutely, yeah, he should have that not 99 out of 100, 100 out of 100 times. And there were a couple times that the pucks got by his glove. Um, and last night didn't go good for him, and he pro- probably is on his knees thanking his lucky stars that we don't play Detroit because he's 0-3 a lifetime against the uh, the wing wheel. But I think when, when the chips are on the line, I- I'm comfortable with Matt Murray, and I-, I-, I love to play in front of a goaltender like that because I think he's a high-stakes player. Star power, I'm not worried about that either. Uh, I think that, again, when push comes to shove and all the, and the game means everything, uh, we got it in multiple layers, as, as much if not more than any other team. And depth scoring is probably something that I'm concerned about, that I'm not seeing, not only I'm not seeing goals on, on any kind of a consistent basis from the bottom six, but they're not getting chances. They're not, getting, not even getting shots on goal. So that, that is a concern for me because that is a huge part of the equation when you're winning games in the playoffs, so you're getting the odd goal, the big goal, maybe an overtime goal in a game of a series from a guy that you just maybe got two from all regular season, he steps up in the playoffs. Maybe we'll see it. Maybe they're saving them. Can a really good power play help compensate for that? Absolutely. It's compensated for a whole lot this year, having the number one power play unit overall. And that's legit, right? You wouldn't expect the power play to click at 11%. In the no. postseason, that they are no, a legit force that has to be dealt with. Yeah, I I can see them clicking along at uh, at twenty five percent in the playoffs. I just think they're that good. Uh, and when they simplify the game, and they don't try these circus like uh, cross ice passes, and they have a shoot first mentality, it doesn't matter who who you put on the ice. You can even make it five on five. With those three zipping around in their formation, they'll they'll score, um, and they've scored a lot of big goals, and they have covered up a lot uh, this year. Not in Mike Sullivan's eyes, I'll tell you that much. His eyes are wide open, uh, and sometimes as a head coach, you do look the other way when you've got guys like Crosby and Malkin and Kessel out there. Uh, when maybe they they have some shortcomings in their game, and then they make up for it on the power play. But when when push comes to shove, trust me. And Mike Sullivan will deliver that message. Uh, Borky, uh, Latang nominated for the Masterson Memorial Trophy, the award which goes annually to the player that best exemplifies the qualities of perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to ice hockey. Up and down year, coming off the injury, but you could speak to his work ethic, what it took for him to even get back on the ice, given his late clearance to start rehabbing before the season. Awesome. Would have been my vote, too, um, for what he came back from. Uh, I luckily was uh, nominated twice for that award. I never won it, but I got nominated. And, uh, Did you ever I win the Bat Masterson Award? I won the what? <laughs> the Bat Masterson Award. Completely yeah, different. That's the other one. Yes. Yeah, they hand that one out on the south side. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got that one. Uh, no, but what Tanger went through, I, I, we still probably – look the other way and we, we probably don't give it enough uh, acknowledgement the kind of surgery he went through on his neck 
and the way he's able to come back. And I know his game hasn't been all buttoned up, and there's some loose ends. Uh, and you hope he can kind of tighten it up here down the stretch and, and get back to being a complete player. Because um, there's been moments during the regular season where he's just been flat-out awesome, and then there's other moments where you just shake your head and go, what was he thinking there? So uh, he's still working on his game, but for him to come back the way he's come back and to be a big part of that number one power play unit, I think you have to give him a little tip of the hockey helmet and say, well done, 58. Go get a pork roll, egg, and cheese, Borky. I will. I think I might uh, try to take the uh, the train into uh, Gotham City and see what kind of trouble I can get myself in. Nice. Not going to stay in Newark all day and night? I am not going to stay in Newark. Uh, I didn't pack any heat, so uh, no, no uh, bulletproof vest. So I'll be uh, heading to New York City uh, for some maybe some shenanigans. Hoboken's really nice now, too, you know. I heard Hoboken's nice. Hoboken, you kind of feel like you're it's hanging out. It's not Manhattan. I know. It's, it's, clo- it's not close. It's a lot nicer than it used to be. Yeah, there's a big difference between that and Manhattan. Yeah, for sure. Well, try to get in uh, limited trouble today there, Borky. I will. There's uh, no crow today. No, no. He's on vacation, ex- enjoying the family uh, vacation out west. Well, I'm sure the lovely and talented Valerie's there. Then. Oh, I yeah. am. Okay, perfect. Yeah. Borky, thanks so much. Randall, Valerie, Michael. I enjoyed our time <laughs> together. This was fun. It was. Good hockey talk. It's 52 degrees now at DVE. The news is brought to us by Caseda by Lutron Smart Lighting Controls. Cambridge Analytica whistleblower Christopher Wiley says Facebook is listening to people through their smartphones. Speaking to a group of British lawmakers Tuesday looking into Cambridge Analytica's influence over the 2016 Brexit vote, Wiley said Facebook tries to figure out where you are based on the ambient noise. He says it tries to determine if you're outside, if you're watching television or in an office, for instance, in order to improve targeted advertising. He speculated it doesn't process exactly what someone is talking about. People have been providing anecdotal evidence of seeing ads for things they have talked about but never searched for online. Facebook denies it listens in on anyone. Uh, but Facebook tweaking its privacy settings amid the controversy over how they handle user data. They're making privacy tools much easier to find. Those new changes will allow users to more easily uh, delete posts and likes. If you're looking for a job, free training is being offered in Armstrong County for anyone interested in a career in natural gas pipelines. The program is being offered by the county and the Gas Technology Institute. The course is a four-week program beginning April 16th, and classes will be held each weekday at IUP's campus in the North Point Technology Center in South Buffalo. Two pilots say they saw a UFO over Arizona. Two In different planes, it happened February 24th. An American Airlines pilot reported to air traffic control that he saw an object flying at 40,000 feet with a big reflection. The pilot was asked if he thought it was a weather balloon, but he said he didn't think that was the case. Another pilot for Phoenix Air in the same area also reported a UFO soon after that. He also couldn't tell what it was, but said it definitely was not an airplane. No other aircraft were reported in the area. It is possible, though, it could have been a weather balloon since they are not required to report to the FAA. It was probably one of those uh, self-taught rocket scientists trying to prove the Earth is flat, <laughs> just zooming up in a the Volkswagen engine underneath their homemade rocket ship.
Uh, nothing more Boston than the marathon, except maybe for Dunkin' Donuts. The food chain has announced they are putting out running shoes in time for next month's Boston Marathon. The Is it Saucony? Is that how you say it? Sneakers? Mm-hmm. Uh, feature strawberry frosting colored pink heels with sprinkles on the sides and coffee elements on the inside. Even the shoe box is designed to look like it could hold a dozen Dunkin' Donuts. Limited edition $110 shoes are available for pre-order online or next month at Marathon Sports. Today is National Respect Your Cat Day. But maybe cat owners respect their cats a lot already. 64% say they would rather spend a quiet night alone with their cat than their significant other. (laughs) That's sad. 37% say their cat gets them better than most of their actual human friends. They hate you. And 40% would rather spend time with their cat than those friends. I uh, I get dogs, and I, I guess I kind of understand why people have cats, but uh, cats are not, like, on your team. Dogs are on your team. Cats? I don't know. Cats can be cool. Yeah, no, I've known a couple cool cats, but by and large... They're uh, they're out for themselves. That's my look. <laughs> well, you know, my, it's my, one, my perception. My one dog has a kind of a cat like personality. Jo- uh, yeah, my dog Jules did too. Eighty percent of cat owners think they understand their cat just from its different meows, which I believe because you can tell dogs different marks. Mm-hmm. So I believe that one. One in five use their cat as an excuse to get out of doing things. Which people use their kids. You've in. had a lot of cat stories lately. I have. Yeah. What were? The Are other you ones? thinking about getting a cat? I don't even remember doing. You're other direct. Cat yeah. You've you've been on the cat stories because I have been. Uh, I know I've gone back to my. You I had hate an awful reaction thing. Yeah. Well, I, I don't even remember doing. I'm not. See, thinking I see about these stories as, as people like commenting on the sad state of their actual relationships mm-hmm. more than their love of cats. When they're like, I would rather spend the night with my cat. It's like, well, you're in a horrible relationship then. Could be both. Get out. Uh, It's a good thing we've got so many great shows coming to town this summer because a new study has found that going to a concert is better for your mental health than doing yoga or walking your dog. Mm -hmm. Researchers at the University of London found people who listened to 20 minutes of live music had a 21% boost in mood. How do you measure that? Uh, those who did yoga for the same amount of time got a 10% increase in happiness, and those who walked their dogs for 20 minutes saw just a 7% boost in their well-being. According to researchers, happier people also live longer lives. So going to see live music makes you happier and helps you live longer. So well, to good. A concert that ought to balance out all the things I'm doing that ensure my Early untimely demise. <laughs> Jethro Tull is celebrating its 50th anniversary with the release of two career-spanning collections. The three-disc set 50 for 50 features 50 tracks representing all 21 of the band's studio recordings and will be available May 25th. The single-disc 50th anniversary hits holds 15 essential tracks and will be available that same day, while a vinyl version will be released on August 31st. People want Adam Sandler to write a song for Passover. Jewish food giant Manischewitz is offering Sandler many of its products free for life if he composes a follow-up to the Hanukkah song. The company has even stocked a hotel room in Parsippany, New Jersey, with musical equipment and products where he could go and compose, but so far no response from Adam's rep, uh, representation. He on doesn't really offer. do that stuff anymore, does he? I Well, he's not doing live shows, really, is he? No, his comedy albums were so good. That first one was awesome. 
Finally, Corey Feldman. But like his movies, I think, have reached the point of Grown Ups. One was so bad, I can't believe they made a Grown Ups 2. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. But don't his movies all make a ton of money? Tons. Well, now he's just got that exclusive Netflix deal. You know what I mean? Which I haven't watched any of those movies. Either have I. I don't, I don't even remember the name of the first one. But one of them was is with David Spade, and it's like, not the getaway. It's something like that, though. But they said that it was the most watched Netflix film ever, the first Adam Sandler offering. And we have no way of knowing if that's true because they don't release their analytics. They don't the metrics that they use, like so the ratings, right? So it's it's taking their word. <laughs> so if somebody spends a ton of money on something, you know, I for sure have done that. And people are like, "How do you like that?" I'm like, "It's awesome. It's great, even if it sucks." <laughs> you're so invested in it. You're like, "No, no, I really like it. Use it all the time." <laughs> it's totally not sitting in the corner of my living room. Corey Feldman is in the hospital in Los Angeles after he says three men attacked him and stabbed him. The former former child star posted pictures from the hospital on Twitter and said the LAPD is investigating. Feldman also says he's being targeted by people who want him to keep quiet about sexual abuse in Hollywood, which he says he experienced firsthand as a child. Feldman wrote that he was attacked while in his car last night while other men distracted his security team. Very strange. Very strange, yeah. Rainy upper 50s today. It's 50 now at DVE. Um, Gene Simmons. Said he's never going to tour with Ace at one point, right? He's mm-hmm. like, no, we're done with that. Yeah. I'm not going to do Many that. Many times. But now he said he's going to go back out on tour. Now, is this from the recent one, Joe? Or is this, uh, so this is when he's saying, we're going back out. So along the way, some of our friends who and family members who started the band with us came by to say hello to wonderful folks like you. Ace has been to three of the vaults at the vault events, <coughs> Los Angeles, a few others. Ace, by the way, is gonna be opening up for the Gene Simmons Band. When we do five shows in Australia, he's gonna be using my backup band and we're just gonna have a great time. He'll play Ozone and lots of other crazy stuff. So the funny thing about that is when he was on the show last time, I asked him about Ace and why he didn't want him to be a part of Kiss anymore and why he couldn't broker that relationship. And he had to be so iron fisted about it because fans Fans would love it. Would love it. Yeah. Uh, So I'm glad to see at least uh, for Ace, who by all accounts, everybody loves Ace. Everybody Mm -hmm. says he's the greatest guy. I just wish uh, they would have bought him some teeth whiteners the last time he put on (laughs) makeup because it was a really bad juxtaposition. Yeah, He had some real gnarly chiclets. (laughs) And juxtaposed with the white makeup, it was like he had a mouthful of... And the black lipstick. Like he had a mouthful of uh, Sugar Smacks. Remember those that cereal? Oh, yeah, yep, yep. The golden Sugar Smacks things. Well, and of course, that reminded me that when we spoke with Gene Simmons last time, as soon as, you know, and he wasn't there in time for the interview and then they called us and begged us to get him back on mm-hmm. later in the show and when i finally went to the interview it was uh, some His lady at the f- photographer. photographer yeah it wasn't even him and uh, then he tried to blame it on me and it went bad and then of course we had Gr- uh, craig gas call us immediately after and uh continue the call as gene simmons yeah it's a dve morning show and gene simmons wanted to call back we have gene simmons on the line right now gene are you there I'm here. I forgot to 
promote a couple more things. Well, hold on. Now, first of all, first of all you missed your original time, and then you called back. Which was your fault. No, that was it was your fault. I had 730 blocked out for you, and you didn't call. Right, but you should have known. If you read anything at kissonline.com, you would know that there's a language that we speak, and it's called rock and roll. Okay? And when you say 7.45, I say 7.30. Okay, all right. Uh, And when you say 7.30, I say you're lying. (laughs) Okay, now we've got that done, and uh, we, we, we've established that this book is available online. And you wanted to clarify something that you were saying when I asked you if you thought there was going to be a purge in rock and roll like there is in Hollywood right now of sexual harassers. Right. Well, here's the thing. Uh, what I didn't tell you is that there are some bombshells. Bombshells. Some of your huge bombshells. Some of your greatest rock heroes. Think of who your favorite, who you think are the greatest classic rock stars okay. of all time. And there are there are pictures, there are videos of bombshell moments. And they're available for a limited time <laughs> at kissonline.com. Listen, I'm only saying this because, you know, you can laugh if you want, but there's... 28 days till Christmas, okay? So, do you want to see some videos? Do you want to buy some Christmas toys? Do you want to buy Hanukkah toys? You have Hanukkah, do you we, have Hanukkah toys? We have Hanukkah toys. Whatever Mexicans celebrate, we have that at Christmas on kissonline.com, okay? Anything you need. And we only do this for the fans. Because... Okay. The Kiss Army is the only people that the only army that's of the people, for the people, and by the people. We do it for the fans, and that's why this farewell tour for the fans. <laughs> farewell tour. A farewell tour is for the fans. Okay, it's not about money; it's about the fans. And the farewell tour is brought to you by Budweiser <laughs> and American Airlines. We love to fly, and it shows. <laughs> the Kiss right. book, the photo book. Uh, it, 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 I mean, how much does this thing cost? Does it matter if you're a fan? Uh, well, I mean, you got to have enough money. It, 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 it's pretty heavy. You know, my first book that I put out was about prostitution. You know that prostitution is the oldest job in the world. You've heard that. I've first, heard the right? oldest profession. Yes, you had a book about oh. prostitution. Oldest profession in the world is prostitution. <laughs> they say there's a lot of money in prostitution. So here's an incredible thing, and this is what I wanted to plug. This Kissmas, let's say you have a sister, you have a mother. Are they a Kiss fan? How would you like to watch them get pounded by Kiss? <laughs> <laughs> and you can have a real boyfriend experience with <laughs> <of> <laughs> This is and for a limited time. For a limited time, Ace Freely is twenty bucks. <laughs> oh, Gene, thanks so much. Uh, we'll direct people to. Is it Kiss Online? Is that it? Yeah, I only do it because I'm a fan of you. I'm a fan of DVE. That's it. 
and go to Kiss Online. DVE Sports. Mike Pursuta with your sports right now on the DVE Morning Show. Pens blew a couple of easy points last night, and hopefully that doesn't come back to haunt them in any way, shape, or form. That they did. The sports are brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. The Penguins lost 5-2 to two last night in Detroit to a Red Wings team that had been 1-12-1 in its last 14 games. Uh, the Penguins got a goal from Sidney Crosby 38 seconds into the game for a 1-0 lead, but couldn't do any more damage until late in the third period, mostly according to head coach Mike Sullivan because he just didn't do enough of what it takes to score goals in the NHL. There were moments in the game, especially in the first couple of periods, we had some offensive zone time, but we're not getting pucks through. You know, we're not getting pucks to the net, and then we've got to get people to the net and, and create some some offense off of the spray. And uh, you know, I thought we had some zone time, we had some possession time, but you know, not a whole lot to show for it. And uh, you know, when teams defend hard, you you know, you got to get into the hard areas. You got to get inside the dots. You got to be willing to go to the net and take a cross check and and uh, look to get a stick on a puck or or get your nose over it for a rebound. And uh, I didn't think we were willing to do that tonight. Think they will be in the playoffs? Do you get why they aren't every time in the regular season? I'm not trying to say that's yep. the way you should do it. I really uh, relate to our conversation with Phil Bork last hour when he said the you know the way he learned how to play and compete in this game is you hit the ground running in the postseason. You don't ease into it. You don't take nights off. But as a two-time champ, is this not inevitable once in a while? I, I feel like we've just made that excuse a lot of times, and maybe yeah. it's time to bear down. Well, I, I you know. know I'm not trying to excuse it, but I'm, I guess I'm trying to understand why it's periodically occurring. Jersey, Canadians, yeah. uh, I, Caps. I think his team knows how to win. I think this coach knows how to make them win. But uh, sometimes, uh, particularly in this time for this team, I think a certain amount of this is maybe not inevitable, but it shouldn't be surprising. And hmm. how, how damaging our efforts such as last night, I guess we'll find out. Starting the second week of April. They're clearly better than that. Yeah, well. Do they still want to be? I'm willing to not make a big deal out of last night, but also it pisses me off. Yeah, I think that's that's a fair analysis on uh, both ends. The National Football League's annual meeting continues in Orlando, Florida. The catch rule has been adjusted. No more of that going to the ground nonsense, and uh, probably a bigger deal, although I don't think it's going to be perceived as such by fans, is the broadening of the helmet hit rule. Uh, The competition committee chairman, Rich McKay, announcing yesterday that uh, players are now going to be penalized to lead with the crown of their helmets to initiate contact against an opponent on any play. There have been areas where that has been acceptable, no more. Uh, the league is still working its way through the discipline and might not have that figured out until the spring meeting. There might be a targeting rule similar to what you see in college football. Uh, said McKay, according to NFL.com, quote, for us, this is a pretty significant change. This has very little requirement to it. This is simply if you lower your head to initiate contact and you make contact with an opponent, it's a foul. I think a lot of guys are going to have to do a lot of adjusting going into next year if the NFL is serious about enforcing this. This could be a response to data released by the league in January that showed a 13.5%
increased in diagnosed concussions from 2016 to 2017, according to NFL.com. That uh, is attributable, at least in part, according to NFL.com, to 28% of uh, self-reported evaluations of concussions. 28% of concussions were the players going to somebody and saying, hey, Well, because the stigma has been lifted. Yeah. You know, this is a good thing where guys didn't feel pressured to keep going even though they knew they were exhibiting signs of a concussion. Again, you know, we said a couple hours ago, I think that's the real way they're going to make an impact in players' health is to uh, remove the stigma around concussions, uh, try to increase prevention and awareness, and don't let guys back in the game. You know, there's been many instances where it's just – it happens, and everybody goes, well, why the hell was he allowed back in the game? And then we forget about it and don't talk about it anymore. Remove those and be less concerned with the in-game violence that's occurring that, you, that is inherent to the sport. You know, I think you can take away dirty hits. I think they should have really thrown the book at Gronkowski. He could have paralyzed the guy jumping on his neck like that. Um, be severe when there are intents to injure. Yeah, I, I kind of like that college rule, and they don't get that right every time. But if there's going to be some collateral fallout damage, uh, let it be over-aggressive in terms of throwing guys out. That way uh, you're going to have everybody's attention and you're going to limit that targeting, I think. It's, you know, throwing out a student versus a guy that's making millions of dollars. Two different scenarios, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, still, there's big money involved I know. on somebody's part. In I know, the but the game. owner, you know, these are owners yeah. and employees, not owners ostensibly and students and, yeah, Administration. And the There's... Dean of Physical Education. Right, yeah. Uh, according to NFL.com, 49 rule changes have been made since 2002 to protect players. 49. Those uh, to protect players, improve practice methods, better educate players and personnel on concussions, and strengthen the league's medical protocols. Uh, according to NFL.com, the league deploys 29 medical professionals on the sidelines for each game. That led to an interesting exchange yesterday between Mr. Monday Morning Quarterback himself, Peter King, and Steelers head coach Mike Tomlin at the annual meetings, Coach's Breakfast. Why should the mom in Dubuque, Iowa, allow her son to play football? Because I think it teaches valuable life lessons, you know, hard work, teamwork, um, commitment to calls that are bigger than ourselves. I just think there's so many lessons from participation in team sports, and football, in my opinion, is the ultimate team sport. But the safety aspect now is enough being done. I believe certainly so. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about what needs to be done, and we haven't talked about what we've done. And I think that we should highlight that. Uh, we've done uh, a lot of things in recent years to improve the, the quality of the game and the safety within the game uh, at all levels. And uh, so, you know, I, I think that's being addressed. I think that should be talked about more as opposed to what is not being done. Mike Tomlin with Peter King yesterday. Thanks to Steelers.com. For that audio, Pitt is set to introduce Jeff Capel as its new head basketball coach. All I got to do now is find some players, and then uh, he can go about the business of attacking his old boss, Mike Shashevsky, and Duke. <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, Capel is apparently already a Steelers fan. Some people dug into his Twitter. Oh yeah, and well, uh, uh, that's handy. Here's what he tweeted uh, on December the seventeenth. That was, of course, the Patriots Steelers game. Uh, Capel tweeting, quote, worst call I have ever seen in the history of the NFL. That was the Jesse James non-touchdown catch that uh, helped decide that game 
in New England's favor. And it reminded me, uh, Capel might want to rethink, uh, you know, singing the glory of the Steelers when he's introduced as Pitt's coach as a way to influence the fans and get everybody on his side initially. Because two years ago, Kevin Stallings tried that and it didn't quite work out. I can only hope that we embody the spirit of this city like the Steelers and Pirates teams that I watched when I was a kid. Lynn Swan and John Stallworth and Terry Bradshaw and Franco Harris and Rocky Blyer and Mean Joe Green and L.C. Greenwood and Mel Blunt and Jack Hamm and Jack Lambert and Willie Stargell and Al Oliver okay. and Richie Hebner yeah. and Manny Sanguian right. and yep. Nelson Bryles and Very Steve good. Blass and the incomparable Roberto Clemente. Sure. I hope that we can put teams out there that people can appreciate like I appreciated even as a kid those teams. Yeah, yeah. how'd that work out for you? Hopefully we'll line the streets with fans cheering on Pitt. Streets like Forbes and Fifth Avenue, North Craig Street, Atwood, uh, Melwood. Uh, I know lots of streets names, too. They'll be cheering from the buildings like Fifth Avenue Place. And give me a break. What a clown situation. That Everything that guy did there. The oh. fact that he made as much money as he did. Highway robbery. Right from the get-go, he should have never been hired. He didn't uh, hold a gun to their head. I'm aware they screwed that up. Yeah. But now they got the right people in place, I think. So I'm happy for Pitt. So hopefully a new start. The college basketball is a lot more fun. I love college basketball. I love the NCAA tournament. It's a lot more fun when you have a relevant team in town. You're going to go check out that press conference today. I believe I am. All right, good. Plan to hear that. I might uh, ask uh, Jeff Capel if he knows the legend of Steve Blass, because that's pretty important. Apparently, see how many pirates he can name yeah. from the current roster. <laughs> it's the DVE Morning Show, and I want to remind everybody: Cure Rock this Friday night at the Hard Rock down at Station Square. I'll be emceeing once again, and national touring act, the Alternate Roots. We'll be headlining Nevada Color and Working Breed, two of the best in the Berg. They're on the bill as well. Come su- support Cure Rock in their efforts to raise awareness and funds for the fight against childhood cancer through live music. Doors are open at 7 p.m. Music starts at 8 p.m. It's going to be a silent auction, 50-50 raffle. It's going to be a blast, so we'll see you there. Get your tickets through us at dve.com. Uh, Val, uh, you and I talked briefly about this yesterday. The Millennials, the damn Millennials. Sons of bitches. They're they're killing everything. They disown bras and chain restaurants are going under because millennials won't eat at chain restaurants. Napkins. Napkins. Yeah, napkins are going under. No more napkins. They don't just wipe your hand on or your face. Paper towel, I guess. Yeah, I don't I have no idea. I guess that's what's happening. But now the newest attack on our fabric institutions humanity has me a bit perplexed according to millennials they don't use a top sheet on their bed animals that's right they don't sleep with the flat sheet between you and the blanket or the comforter or whatever quilt what have you whatever your top layer is now look First what, is that because they're too lazy to wash it? 
I don't, I'm not exactly sure. This was in USA Today yesterday. While sleeping without a flat sheet may remove an extra step in the bed making process and leaves less, one less sheet to wash, a duvet cover used instead may require washing more frequently to get rid of all the germs. So this is arguing for a top sheet. Change and wash the quilt cover weekly if you don't use a top sheet. Otherwise, change it less often based on smells and <laughs> visual cleanliness. That's always the key to whether you should clean something or throw it away. Right. I would agree. The smell. <laughs> smells and visual cleanliness are a good barometer for, for lots of different things. Even now, I know that. <laughs> clearly, you may want to sleep on... Uh, top sheet shedding before you dismiss this as a millennial fueled misstep consider the pros and cons they say pros a flat sheet helps with temperature control the sheet keeps the duvet clean longer your top blanket whatever right right keeps your 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 dander your body bacteria gunk gunk cons the sheet gets bunched up at night well mine does there's been a few times where I wondered if someone was trying to, <laughs> to hang me in the middle of the night. How does that happen? I'm a mover. Well, are you, like, fighting someone in your sleep? got a lot of sleep? stuff going on, yeah. My dreams, it's like, it's basically Tekken in my bed all night long. It's just a nonstop fight. I must be the fight. most still sleeper ever. You must be, because I, I wake up, so my arm will be sore, because I slip on my arm, and I wake up, and the blankets are on the other side of the bed, and... I got issues. I think I thrash around. Yeah. I got a lot of stuff going on. I'm working it out, Val. That's my, you know. <laughs> That's good. Uh, the good other thing everyone. they say is uh, it adds extra work to oh, your well, cleaning. It's, yes, so taxing. I, uh, for no, if for no other reason, it's the easiest to fold of all the bedding. Other than pillowcases? Yeah. Because the damn fitted sheets... I will ball those things up. I don't even care. <laughs> I mean, they are. I'm giving it such a half-ass effort. <sighs> Most USA Today readers prefer a top sheet, according to their stupid poll. But uh, you may differ one way or another. Do you use a top sheet? Of course I do. Yes. I don't have it by the morning a lot of times. But when I do, I'm like, oh, that was a nice restful night of sleep. Plus the texture alone, the top blanket sucks. And if it's for temp, like if you're hot, why wouldn't you throw the comforter off and not the sheet? Right. The damn millennials. Blame the damn millennials. You're screwing everything up, Valerie. It's the ruination of the world. A guy detailed how much Google has on us yesterday. He did a thread on Twitter. I don't even know how that's possible. I hate it. I mean, to figure out how much they have on us. They store your location, all right, if you have it turned on. Every time you turn on your phone, you can see a timeline from the first day you start using Google on your phone. He uh, shows his trip to Ireland from earlier this year where they show the time of day, where he was, how long it took for him to get from one location to the next. All right, that's all there. Did he go to Limerick? I'm not sure. Data storage. Well, especially if you use a, a map app, like Google Maps or something. Right. It can really track you. Google stores your search history across all devices on a separate database. So even if you delete your search history and phone history, Google still stores everything until you go in and delete everything. How is that illegal? And you have to do this on all devices. And how do you do that? <laughs> right, right. 
I, I have no idea. Google creates an advertisement profile based on your information, including your location, gender, age, hobbies, career, interests, relationship status, possible weight. Because if you Google like how to lose five pounds, right. seven pounds, or and income, they store information on every app and extension that you use, how often you use them, where you use them, and who you use them to interact with. Like who do you talk with on Facebook? What countries are you speaking to? What time do you go to sleep? Et cetera, et cetera. This is the microdata that we were all worried about the NSA compiling on us back in the day. But Google has we, it. Facebook and Google has it all. Is there any way to avoid? Like, completely avoid being tracked in any way. You would have to completely live off the grid. Have no phone, no computer. Google stores all of your YouTube history, so they know whether you're going to be a parent soon, if you're conservative, liberal, progressive, Jewish, Christian, Muslim, if you're feeling depressed, suicidal, if you like Night Ranger, (laughs) if you're anorexic. (laughs) Now, they offer an option to download all the data it stores about you. This guy requested a download, and the file is 5.5 gigs. That's roughly 3 million Word documents of data on him alone. Wow. This link includes your bookmarks, emails, contacts, your Google Drive files, all the above information, your YouTube videos, photos you've taken on your phone. They have all of it. The business you've brought, you've bought from, the products you bought through Google, your calendar, your Google Hangout sec- uh, sessions, your location history, music you listen to, Google books you've purchased, Google groups you're in, websites you created, phones you've owned, pages you've shared, how many steps you walk in a day. They have it. We talk about incriminating information. Facebook offers a similar option to download all of your information. Now he says in that. His uh, data was only 600 megs, which is like 400,000 work documents. Wouldn't every cell phone provider and internet provider have all this information too? I don't know the answer to that. This includes every message you've ever sent or been <laughs> sent, every file you've ever been sent or uh, ever sent or been sent, all the contacts in your phone, all the audio messages. They have all your audio messages. And somewhat pointlessly, he points out, Facebook stores all the stickers you've ever used in Messenger, all of the emojis. They have a file on which emojis you go to. They got none of that on me. They also store every time you log into Facebook and where you've logged in from, what time and from what device. They've got it all down. Microdata. They've got it. They know everything about us. And they store all the applications you've ever connected to your Facebook account. Everyone knows that. So, I don't think I do any of the, that. Like Instagram? Do you have Instagram? Nope. Airbnb? Nope. Rotten Tomatoes? Nope. Uh, I don't know. There's a there's a hundred of them. Probably a million. And so, no matter what you're using, apparently everybody is in a concentrated effort to store as much data or data about each individual person as humanly possible. Any applications you use, those are data trackers. We were so pissed about our government having all of this microdata on us. Guess what? They, somebody's got it anyway. Zappos has it. <laughs> and Grubhub. Yeah, Grubhub has it. <laughs> Your Airbnb app has it. Don't worry about the NSA. Uber knows more about you. So on that happy note of digital dystopia, we say... Have a great day, everybody.
So long, farewell. Yeah. They probably know what musicals you like, Val. I'm sure they do. Thanks to Jeff Conkle for uh, hanging out with us this morning, Mr. Wednesday, and thanks to the great two-niner, Phil Bork. Tomorrow on the show... Well, he was irked. About that loss. Yeah. Well, understandably so. He was legitimately irked, I thought. It was deserved of irk. It was irk-worthy. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Tomorrow on the show, Chelsea Handler will be joining us. Wow. Stan Savern, and uh, I want to remind you that Joe Grishecki and the House Rockers, more yesterday's than tomorrow CD release, this Saturday, Hard Rock, meeting of important people, opening up. That's a great bill. I like that Joe's tapping the, the you know, somewhat younger, you know, younger, you know meeting of important people is a pretty established band, but, you know, an outstanding band, but I'm glad that he's working with these guys. Um, DVE.com, get your tickets for that show, and that'll be a good one. All right, Michelle is up next. With your electric lunch at noon, man, did Bill take a great week to vacation. <laughs> this weather sucks. Oh, my God. It is straight Rambo weather. That's it. That's Happy I, spring. Happy spring, everybody. Is it going to snow again? Uh, yes. When? Sunday. Oh, great. Easter Sunday. Easter. It's going to snow on Easter? Yes. Possibly. Valerie Smock said so. It didn't snow on the original Easter Sunday, did it? Do we know that? I don't know. Maybe he moved a snow boulder aside. Maybe. Took him three days to get the roads clear. (laughs) (laughs) I'm finished. You stay classy, Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm -hmm.